0: Welcome to watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron, and today we're talking about season one, episode seven, called "Some French Word I Can't Pronounce." Trump, Trump, Lao, Trump That sounds right. That you nailed it. <laughs> Got it in one. Uh, I, think I
1: did. I think I did. I've been practicing all morning. <laughs> Trump In the mirror, just. I have. I said it three times, and Bernard showed up. <laughs> uh, you bash your head against the wall. He did. He did. Uh, but I'm spry. I'm yep. spry and bigger than Stephen Wright. So, or not Stephen Wright. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I'm. big... I, I can kick Stephen Wright's ass too. Come at me mm-hmm. with your nonsensical observational comedy, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright too. Um, I so, I, I I sent you a text. I said, text me the moment you finish this episode. Mm-hmm. Because this is a game changer. Like I, it is, I yeah. don't think we can cavalierly dismiss any theory. And no, I'm,
0: as a matter of fact, they're all on the table and they're all correct until proven wrong. <laughs> uh, from this point forward, like I you know, I throw out my hands. Fine. You you whipped me into submission, Nolan. Alice, Enjoy. Alice in
1: Wonderland, you're we're all we're all mad here essentially. Um yeah. I don't know. So I guess I'm kind of glad that I that I came to Jesus last week with the Bernard as a host theory because I, I even said like I don't really fully believe this, but and I laid mm-hmm. out a lot of the things that have I that jumped out at me at me after last episode, such as the weird kind of twinkle in Anthony Hopkins' eye whenever he gives you know Bernard these like pseudo command things where he was always talking about uh he's he's got these same repetitive phrases he uses Mm -hmm. about his his uh, son and about how long he's been here at the park and um a lot of the other things that seem to point the fact that like you know anthony hopkins appeared out of a wall out of thin air Mm -hmm. which is elegantly explained this week in this episode right
0: and mirrored by the what door right question or, Um, or those
1: look like nothing to me but I don't know how you feel about it, but I felt like even though I guess I was initially against the reveal, by the time I kind of thought about it last week and it felt like at least it was in up in the air. It wasn't out of nowhere. I thought mm-hmm. the way they handled the review, a reveal and the way Teresa played that and the way Bernard played it and the way Ford played it, it really changed my perception of all these characters beyond the fact if they're human or not. <laughs> right, right. Like, like Ford, to me, now seems like he's just straight up hannibal lecter Mm -hmm. he's an insane egomaniac who will kill to protect whatever his secrets are
0: yeah his secrets and his goals um sure and i largely agree with you i think it was handled very well um i don't know i guess that it's my preferred mode of storytelling with all the twists now but Mm -hmm. uh it definitely was executed well i have to say that for it uh it it once it happened, I guess in hindsight, it feels pretty natural.
1: Well, let me, so let me, because we had a lot of this discussion off-air, off and maybe we can condense it. Because it's interesting to me that you say I don't like this type of storytelling, because I know you've expressed admiration for some of the Nolan's other work, like Inception mm-hmm. and The Prestige, right? which is all essentially twist-based. Is it just the fact that you've seen enough twists now that... That you think they're passé, or is this something you're evolving as a fan, or you just don't like? You don't think that this twist hit you? I feel like in some ways it also has to do with maybe the format
0: of the thing, like these long form things where you're being tricked over the span of months, Mm. rather than tricked over the span of an hour, Uh, an hour and a half might have something to do with it. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not exactly able to put my finger on why, other than I guess I this throws into question everything and i don't really i don't really know how to deal with that i guess uh-huh. cuz like in you know my favorite show of all time breaking bad uh-huh. i always felt like i completely understood the motivations at any given time of most of the characters if right. if not all of them uh in this show i don't know that i understand the motivations of the large majority of the characters hmm. other with a few notable exceptions
1: See, I disagree with that. I feel like and now I got to lay my prejudices on the table as um I've always loved the story of a robot falling in love with another robot. Mm-hmm. My second favorite is when a robot falls in love with a human. Like um I I I, I love Wally, I love Data from Star Trek. I love uh you know, there is a, a – I forget the the name of like – I think it was like Too Human or something. It was, a, it was a story about a cybernetic robot built, and he's in the form of a 16-year-old boy, and he goes to high school. Like, that's the young adult shit that I used to read. Uh, I, I find that stuff fascinating. So maybe it's just I'm more predisposed to be hyped when uh, you got this, this – this, uh, what I would call a conscious being revealed to be merely, quote-unquote, a robot. Mm-hmm. But also – I'm thinking if I'm Jonathan Nolan and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I want to tell a story that's complex about the complex relationship about consciousness and how we treat uh, the consciousness and how we're going to treat the burgeoning like AI consciousness and historical parallels to slavery and – um, one of the chief one of the chief problems is you're going to have some people, and I think you can relate to this, where they're just not going to get involved. You got me who's sure. like over involved with robots' emotional states, <laughs> right? And you got other people like yeah, I me, they're, they're fucking robots, really fuck them. Yeah, maybe a way to um to, like Trojan horse you is to present a a compelling robot that is in disguise as a human you think to where. You he he passes to Tur says you can't tell him apart from another human and then you reveal he's a hum a host and then you're like, oh well shit, if I was emotionally involved with him, then uh, I mean did that if if so, if that's the premise, did it work on you? Do you feel any more grounded and connected to Bernard do you feel less connected and if so, is it because get- you hate robots?
0: Yeah, I guess. Well, definitely, I hate robots. You're robots an anti robist You're a uh, robust, Jim. I, I'm a robust. I'm sorry. Fucking ignorant backwoods robust. You heard it here first. And a hundred years from now, when people are listening <laughs> to this podcast, they're going to say, like, actually, he is a robust. Yeah, you'll
1: sound like, uh, like H.P. Will. Lovecraft when he's making really uncomfortable <laughs> right. comments about blacks and Jews. Like I like Cthulhu, but this, uh, just Jim Jones. I like his podcast, but Jesus Christ, he's a robust. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. What I'm is I can't look past. I'm his, an unapologetic his robust. robust too.
0: Yeah. Rob- robust <laughs> in the state they're in right now are nothing more than than just uh, <laughs> you know pieces of metal
1: to be used and abused. Yeah, no but, thought to their feelings or, or, or consciousness.
0: It's true. No, I so I I do think that is that could be a useful way to to bring people like me in who are not connecting with the robots on an emotional level because they are just bots. Right. Um, I, I think what they've done with Dolores has also brought me in a lot more because. You know, mm-hmm. the stuff I've said about not connecting with the bots was episode one, I think. Right. That was like Teddy and a, a pre-sentience Dolores kissing. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that doesn't do much for me, but, you know, Dolores has come a long way since then. mm mm-hmm. uh, And I would say of any of the bots, she is certainly the most sentient or right. conscious. Right. Uh, so I'm engaging a lot more with her story now, but Bernard, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't feel that emotional punch necessarily. The other thing, really, on any level in this show, it hasn't it hasn't grabbed me emotionally.
1: The other thing about living in a post-Bernard as a host world a paradigm, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I can make the most self-important label possible to discuss it, is I was reading the re- uh, Alan Sepinwall's review and he was talking about um, it looks like he's predisposed to not like this kind this this twist either. Hmm. And he harkened yeah. back to something Joss Whedon said in um, a, a postmortem about his short-lived show Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. where some of those characters are revealed to be AI, and he goes, in retrospect, introducing the possibility that someone is an AI, essentially... Unwittingly backdoors the possibility that everyone's an AI. Sure, absolutely. So then the audience starts, there's some segments of the audience that's just going to automatically disengage with everyone because, well, yeah. shit, like I see this as being as less than, and then why should I? Which well, I, I think is interesting because the other possibility is these robots are every bit as quote unquote human as any of us. Right. And maybe we shouldn't pull back. Maybe we should be more empathetic towards them. Well, here's the one thing. But I, that's, that's certainly something to be afraid of, right? And yeah, I will say- yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I th- I think it fundamentally changes how you view the show. Yeah, I mean, it has to because now you go from this paradigm where, you know, you understand who's AI and you can you can say the okay, this are is the significance of these events. Yes. Now it twists it up, and now you're not just engaging with it on that level. You're now trying to say who is and isn't AI here. Well, not only that, but and they that also- that becomes the more important issue, and I think that in some ways. Cheapens the whole the whole statement of it. Like right. I'm, I'm thinking like with Bernard, could they have done more as far as the allegory that they wanted to do between humans and AI? If mm-hmm. Bernard wasn't a bot, mm-hmm. um, I feel like here they're just, you know, they're blowing that wide open. Whereas like a lot of the things people were talking about with um, b- between Ford and Bernard, where he says these repetitive things as mm-hmm. if Bernard were a bot, maybe they could have said something more about humans acting like bots or humans. Mm-hmm. Like come at it from the other side, you know how not how much are the AI like us, but how much are we like the AI? And they they just kind of kick the door open on that one, you know.
1: Uh, lots of seasons left. Uh, they just the, right. the show just announced it got renewed yesterday for uh, a second season, and right. We also I'm know excited that, about that. that yeah. The showrunners have said that they think that this they they've they've got a outline for five seasons. Uh, yep. In and 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 they they outlined five seasons because they didn't want to go consciously chose to not go down the lost route where they just make it up as they go they wanted to make sure there was a satisfying you know or i don't want to say satisfying because that always raises the hackles these these lost fans they're like don't fucking say that lost is disappointing because i fucking loved it all right fine (laughs) um an ending that the creators are intentionally steering towards from the beginning let's right. say not satisfying let's say an intentionally satisfying result rather than an accidentally satisfying result mm-hmm. they are they're, they're trying to do that so um, the other thing about this wasn't just a reveal that you know host this, anyone could be a host it also changed fundamentally how we think about the host this host can kill yeah um so it, this the whatever by, um either bernard is not programmed with all those fail safes or more likely, Doctor Ford is can override anything that he wants.
0: Yeah, he's the god of this
1: world. He is literally the god of this world, which I think sure. we kind of they've been telling us, and this is like the latest proof. Like there is no yeah. like even the most fundamental, and not just from we this understood show. Like if how he viewed himself. If, but. if you're, I mean, when they say these safeguards, yeah. Samaritan reflexes, they're making lazy hand gestures back to the days of Asimov, where he came up with the three sure. laws of robotics. These are things that are like gospel in science fiction. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Ford can essentially overwrite a robot's highest priorities to uphold the sanctity of human life is really... It's kind of terrifying. Sure. Like, he's turned into, like, a science fiction movie monster.
0: Yeah, if anyone in this park knew what was happening, they should be terrified. On the other hand, this is something we had a little bit of show People in this park do know what's happening. Let me say Felix and Sylvester know. (sighs) Yes. So they should be fucking shitting their pants.
1: Yes. Um, The other thing is... The possibility because we talked about Anthony Hopkins as if he's a monster. The other thing is if he knows that robots are becoming conscious and they're becoming conscious at various rates, yes, he did kill Teresa, but he could be retconned into being almost like a Schindler from Schindler's List. Like he's trying to save this burgeoning race of intelligent artificial organisms from. Humanity's hubris and and Greed and and not caring And Teresa just like you Know uh, just like People died in the war for the American uh, you know to abolish uh, Slavery in America just like people died In the war of uh, World War two to to destroy The you know Nazism and fascism Right Teresa is a casualty in This war between humans and AI and Dr. Ford is coming down and what that's Again there's, there's not a lot Of evidence to support that at this point that's a lot of conjecture, but that's that's a possibility. We can't. It could yeah, be I mean, a twist that Ford is actually good, or in some larger sense, in some yeah. larger altruistic. Sense. From a certain point
0: of view, <laughs> but it sure doesn't
1: seem like it because it seems like he's. This is more about his own. Like even if the people are more free, with this, it's it's with the proviso that under my control, right? Like right. That's, which that, which is that the that puts most ironic like, thing he could possibly have said. There puts him very squarely in any kind of tyrannical regime you can think
0: of. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, and you have to say like I, I would also you know I, I'm not sure where I come down on this but I, I think there's also an argument to be made for the idea that this is a burgeoning consciousness and not necessarily yet conscious and therefore the the lives of the human beings are what is worth he, something here and the AI is perhaps not worth anything mm, yet like yeah. maybe they're on the road to that but they are not quite there yet Uh Like I said, don't know where I come down on
1: that. Right. It's tough
0: to say. It's tough to say where the line is between consciousness.
1: If he's protecting proto-life, then he's almost like an abortion bomber, Mm -hmm. abortion clinic bomber. Right. And and maybe in a sci-fi universe in which that uh, an abortion bomber has a point.
0: Like, so we're talking pure fantasy here, okay? Well, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, like, yeah,
1: like if, like, you know, what is what does it mean for 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 life, uh, for for some kind of human consciousness, life potential? Um, you know, like, like, like I I don't know. Like I said, right. I'm not uh, leaving the politics aside. Like the fact that there are people that do things like that, I think it means it's a it's a valid thing you could hang a narrative on, and whether he's good or evil is everyone, uh, you know, everyone's choice to make. Um, so. With that said, we should mm-hmm. probably talk about the episode, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Before we get to the episode, and I know we're, we've already delayed it plenty enough, I want to give an update on the com situation. Um, Jim and I were uh, you know, concerned and gearing up for an extended campaign, as I think you guys f- uh, heard uh, mm-hmm. last week. Turns out we got to our fundraising goal and essentially secured all of Bald Moves operations in 2017 <laughs> in the first week. We didn't put it in Game of Thrones feed. I'm, we didn't send the yeah, newsletter. Like we, I we, was I, shocked. I'm, we were halfway through the goal before we'd actually fucking launched the campaign on right. the podcast. Like this, y'all responded like heroes. I yeah. am overcome at how easy you guys bailed us out of this Amazon jam. Uh, it's incredible, and I'm I'm grateful. Uh, we, if you go to save.baldmove.com dot com now, you'll see that we have completed the campaign. We recorded a success video. It's like a like a fifteen twenty minute video where we show how this new injection of capital, your guys' donations, and your guys' resubbing uh, uh, with the new club, has essentially completely flipped our financial picture for twenty seventeen. So again, uh I didn't want to leave any people in suspense, but the f- the reality is we're done. 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 Yeah. Uh, it game over. Now, obviously Bald Move needs continuing support, but um uh you know, again based on the numbers that we've ran like we we think we're in in really good shape and uh it's all due to people very generously responding to our call at save.baldmove.com. Uh so check that out. Going forward, support.baldmove.com is where uh, you go if you want to, uh, you know, donate or join the club uh, or buy merch or any of the things that actually supports our operations. Because, you know, you you, you probably realize if you've listened to several podcasts, we don't have a lot of advertising. Most uh, We're working on that. Uh, most of our support comes from direct listener and engagement. So thank you for everyone that made the Save Bald Move campaign uh, success and, and made it work. Yeah. And we're grateful. We've talked about the trompe l'oeil, but we haven't actually said what it means. Um, and what's funny is I kind of wish I'd paid more attention to the titles. We usually do that, and I think we consciously decided not to because it might have been a spoiler, um, the whole deceiving the eye. Um, and it's, ah. it's, a, it's a term that they invented for this, this photorealistic painting style. Mm-hmm. that conveys flat images having three dimensions. Like, so it it like it's, those
0: magic eye sort of things?
1: Not just magic <laughs> eye, but like... Um... Anything that looks like – you can make a painting from a certain force perspective that looks like it has depth, right? Right. And there's, like, you know, examples of um, this trompe l'oeil of, like, of a boy that's climbing out. looks like he's climbing out of a picture frame, and Mm -hmm. they painted it such. And there's a trompe l'oeil in, like, a church ceiling where this guy is painted – this. the ceiling is flat, but it looks like there's an arch there. And um, you can also, uh, you know, do it with – You know, you see that a lot of like sometimes you've have you ever seen a building where they've done some kind of weird, uh, like a mural. Yeah, mural on the side of a building, right? But it's like it's it looks like it goes in because of the way they've used foreshortening and shadowing and and whatnot. I probably have. Well, I, I understand. Yeah. The way or you're like Indiana about Jones, the the leap of faith puzzle. Right. Arguably Trump Leoy. Right. Um, uh, so I think it's interesting. I don't know that if we had looked and examined these in, in, in the first episode, where we'd be like, ah, episode seven, that's where we know Bernard's a host. But some of the things we said about we're not sure that Nolan's is being deliberately deceitful or he's, not, he's telling a simple story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This uh, title kind of belies that. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's clearly not at this point. I mean, once you kick open the door to everyone may be a host, you're not telling a simple story anymore. Well, I mean... You're telling a you, tricky story. And I, I okay. feel like in some ways it's cheap. Huh. In in a lot of ways people are probably going to love this type of storytelling. I'm just not, you know, I'm not
1: quite on board with it. The other thing I want to m- mention is that our feedback was surprising. Like, this is this was a very divisive episode Um, that I would say it was about 75, 25 people that thought this was genius writing and people that thought this was dreck and are hmm. proclaiming they're okay. jumping off, off board. That seems a little reactionary well, to me. Well, but I think that's so interesting if we want to get a little bit more meta is that I wish there was a way to scientifically test on a, an A-B test with one individual, short of, like, blanking their mind, men in black style. But, like, show them this whole season as a binge and just let them draw their own conclusions. And then show them this episode and make them stop and read Reddit and listen to podcasts and hear the different theories. And get a visceral, just gut reaction to whether they like a theory or not. Because, I mean, the the world is replete with evidence of people rejecting correct factual information to cling to their own preconceived notions and biases. Absolutely.
0: Why, so part of – like, I wonder – That's that I, cognitive dissonance, you know, where that comes in.
1: Yeah, like – but people – it doesn't stop people from, um, you know – like not subjectively empirically stating that something sucks or doesn't suck, you know. <laughs> well, okay, right. So like it's it's funny that like the entertainment is a microcosm of life. It's that everyone has their biases and when it doesn't confirm their biases, um, you know, it people don't like it. Mhm. Because I don't know, like I the, to me, um, as a person, didn't really have a dog in a fight. Like I was open to it from last, but I wasn't like I even said like I don't believe this to be true. I thought it was a well-done reveal, but plenty of people really really hit him in the tenders and didn't like it so
0: yeah I mean I can I can see that I don't know as a as someone who watches these things no longer for for purely um, entertainment reasons or or you know as a purely casual observer you're forced to be more critical I, I have to be more critical and I'm thinking of these things in terms of what can I prove what can't I because once I talk about it on the podcast I need to I need to have a good frame of reference for all the things I'm saying right Right. and so I'm constantly like I'm using my my personal app perception to build a framework of this show in my head and when something grates against what I guess I had assumed or or had read into the wrong way Mm -hmm. then I it it does it it causes a bit of whiplash Mm. and while I'm not here to say oh fuck this show I'm out or or even like this is one step down the road, down the path um toward that
1: i like I don't that's a good point. I cause... still
0: enjoy the show like that's the difference I... between you know being disappointed that your theory didn't come true right. or that a theory you didn't like came true, and actually like being a little too committed yeah or uh, just a little too I, I catch myself doing that reactionary I like guess. saying
1: if these questions are left unanswered at the end of this, ep- uh, this season then i i don't know if i want to keep watching it. Or, or if if this reveal turns out to be true then like why well
0: sometimes from a storytelling perspective it's just kind of a bad idea like we talk about a lot about this in walking dead you know where like sure. X amount of episodes go by, you haven't even touched upon something you brought up right th- that many episodes ago. Uh,
1: at some point, the the structure just feels wrong. But on the other hand, part of that is like, and that's not true. Of marginal this show. ideas can be saved by go for broke execution, and sure. great ideas can be hamstrung by lackluster or poor execution. Absolutely. So, like, even then, it's like just to say, if someone says like. Uh, episode one, Bernard's a host, just so you know. And you're like, well, fuck that. If that's if if this guy with his son and his ex wife and his tragic, ba- if he's going to be a fucking host, and I don't fuck it, I don't even want to watch the show. Uh-huh. Like, okay, like, I feel like that's what a lot of people that's are your prerogative. doing. Sure. Post fact, you know, like just just cool your jets. Like try yeah. try not to get so personally invested in the rightness or wrongness of a theory. Um, or yeah. do whatever the hell you want. It's a show. Sure, HBO's making you pay to watch it. Don't torture yourself.
0: Yeah it's uh now you
1: have to listen to this podcast whether you give up or not you <laughs> must come like that that's a given all right that's not for debate but to show itself yeah watch it or not <laughs> all right we have to get into the recap yeah we do
0: bernard starts uh he's dreaming about his dying kid and uh, his his kid dies right there in front of him. Bernard wakes up and then interviews Hector, who tells him that a guest wanted to cut him up, essentially, take cut home his, pieces. I,
1: I cut his dick off and pe- mount it onto his grill.
0: Yeah, something about carry-on and uh, mm. a couple of words that were unauthorized. Right. And Hector could only say them in analysis mode. Uh, the guest used some, like I said, unauthorized words, and Hector insists that he didn't understand them, and then Bernard shows uh, some pictures to him, and he says... Doesn't look like anything.
1: Self awareness protocol. I liked it.
0: Yeah, he's he's testing him just for his own his own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. It's interesting knowing the context of uh, Bernard here.
1: <laughs> well, I just think that, that I I guess that's one the that also if you're going to try to pull these twists, I think the lesson that I've learned from Mister Robot in the Westworld is if you're going to do it, keep things up in the air as long as possible, and then decisively reveal it in one episode. Right. You have to literally speak. Out both sides of your mouth and, and give evidence that both people can... Ha- both sides can hang their hat on and didn't do a decisive reveal. Don't yeah. fuck up and have the definitive thing where it's like, it's, you know... We got in that Mr. Robot where we were for three episodes waiting for them to reveal what we'd already figured out.
0: Well, and they they made another mistake in Mr. Robot is they never decisively revealed anything because it's very difficult in their situation to decisively True, reveal Because it. you
1: have, like, the POV isn't from a crazy person. There's so. always doubt.
0: Yeah. Whereas yeah. here... And- we don't have that problem.
1: True. You have Teresa, who you think is a person at this point. Uh-huh. Um, although- Why I- would she not be? I guess why no, is I'm, the question No, I'm, I'm just saying that just because. Sure, sure. But I do <laughs> want to debate who is being constructed in that laboratory.
0: I know who it is. Everyone knows who it is. You think so? Christopher Nolan to Christopher Nolan is denying it. He's out on social media. <laughs> He's saying my brother did not- He's gone crazy. Mean this. Uh, he just meant it to be entertaining and creepy. No, uh, uh, Jonathan Nolan has, has denied it. In that, it's anyone in particular? that it's anyone in particular do you believe him no absolutely I don't not
1: i don't think. i think John, jonathan nolan is very open to uh constructing this meta-narrative that will serve his main narrative and if you think yep. he's going to dis like no nah, fuck no nah, i don't believe that i mean it could be true not for but a second i'm not gonna i'm not gonna trust it as gospel <laughs> nope this guy's Trixie, and he's a liar, and, and, and the best kind of, you know, in the same way that, like, Mark Twain was a liar, you know? He's a really good storytelling, and that's all what a storyteller is. It's like a sure. person that yeah. can string audacious lies together in a way that's a crowd pleaser, right? Yeah, believable.
0: So keep that in mind. So a guy comes in and says, hey, management wants Hector up upstairs, and he asks the guy yeah. if Elsie's around, and he's like, nope, she started
1: leave today. Oh, no, she's she, gone. That, that's that. Uh, that that comes as a shock to me. Her supervisor, right, right, <laughs> right. She uh,
0: she's on forced leave.
1: Things don't look good for
0: Elsie. I, what? Who? Who took Elsie? Do you have Stubbs. any
1: speculation at this point? Because Stubbs, like that's the thing. Like the main the main line of evidence. I think the two time the two uh, uh, timelines theory had against it is that it seems like Stubbs existed in both timelines. Okay. I Bernard is a host. The Asian gentleman that we've seen working with Stubbs is undeniably a host. Mm-hmm. I think Stubbs is going to be a host, and that's going to explain all these discrepancies.
0: It certainly could. I mean, we do know that they have hosts doing all their surveys and a lot of work right. there at the facility. You know, right? Even the known that, like, hosts, let alone I, I hosts think I don't think that one episode
1: The Stray is going to see it came almost heavy-handed because I even commented that Stubbs is making a lot of wry observations about, ha ha, wouldn't it be funny if I'm a host, right? Like this backstory I got, huh? You know, her, her, you nerd. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Stubbs probably grabbed her because it looked like uh, he was. It looked like a muscular person in some kind of tactical. Mock turtleneck and that's or uh-huh. jacket that's good to, of the type that Stubbs would wear, yeah, or any of those goons, all those goons sure. might be, to hosts. be fair,
0: it could be any host. Elsie could um, be a host, she could,
1: so, so I, there, right? I mean, like we talked about earlier, the door is really just open to well, everyone. So, I just want to put out one of the because some of these theories have more legs than others, um, mm-hmm. and this isn't a theory so much as an observation. It's interesting that some quote unquote humans enter the park in full hazmat gear. And some humans enter the park in just clothes. And oh, right, right. So Bernard enters the clothes. So it, 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 Elsie it, does as well, yeah. It would be interesting. And so does Stubbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so does Ford. Now, Ford could just be because he's God or, like, I'm going to uh, – before this podcast is over, I'm going to state the theory that maybe Ford is the AI as well. Okay. but that's, Why not? That just, just as an observation, like, keep track of who is and who is not, like, fully suited up when they go into this thing. Is there anyone Obviously, we- the guests don't either,
0: but – is there anyone after this episode you would be able to definitively say is
1: not a host? Teresa. And she might be a host now.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Okay. That was true of Teresa. Any existing characters? Any characters who are ongoing that we either don't know.
1: Like even so that, that I that mean we when say, you say for every sure. Every theory's on the table, like even long standing theories that I'd categorically dismiss, like the man in black is an escaped host. Yeah. Next episode, I think, is going to feature a storyline about a host trying to escape. So there if someone go. has tried, now, obviously, there's probably a lot of Jurassic Park-style technology preventing people from shoplifting multimillion-dollar robots. But sure. the possibility has been raised, therefore, I cannot dismiss the fact that the man in black could. Because I, I think he's the one that I, him and William are the ones that I'm most confident are not robots, Mm-hmm. But then again, if Lo- like I could see Logan doing that as a joke too, like I've biomechanically engineered my perfect brother-in-law.
0: They that they, seems they stupid, may be though. test
1: bots. They may be bots that are put into the sure. park to,
0: at, programmed for the other bots to see as human. Yeah, because just like now, they did in this episode with the test bot, like now hosts <laughs> can think they're human. They can right, be programmed to think right. they're human. So who knows? There, th- everything is thrown into question here. That's why I'm. I said it on Twitter. Like the the floodgates are open now. I'm accepting all theories as true. Yep, every single one. Mars. Yep, it's on Mars. It's happening on Jupiter. Yep, gas giant. No problem. Well,
1: (laughs) the other revelation is those fucking flashlights we made so much fun of. Uh Actually, high-end search and rescue (laughs) flashlights you can buy today. (laughs) So yeah, theory theory confirmed. That's that's a flashlight. What is the
0: utility of the
1: three stack? They're high-end search and rescue flashlights. That's Mm, all I can tell you. Uh
0: anyway, Jimmy's playing poker with Lawrence and he he invites Dolores to play, but Lawrence is like, No, nah, she's holding the grudge because I'm an asshole basically and I backstabbed you both. And you know, For I'm good, gonna continue reasons. Well, yeah. I'm gonna continue to do that. That's just who I am. Yeah. So get used to it. And, you know, that's one way to to kinda lay it all out, <laughs> lay out your intentions. At least you know where he stands. Uh Dolores sees some heads on sticks out the window, which Lawrence tells them means that they're in Ghost Nation territory. Now, we and, haven't seen the Ghost Nation yet, but we're about to.
1: Well, we have seen them briefly during the May flashback.
0: Yeah, we didn't know
1: what they were, though. Yeah. Uh,
0: he battens down the hatches and prepares for a fight.
1: I like that train transforming to an armored vehicle. Which like,
0: does basically nothing. It, it does seem like it. It turns like out.
1: It. <laughs> like, it does seem like it. Like Those armored pa- panels, pretty pretty rickety. But then again, yeah. I don't know that they were designed to go against the mini mini gun of the day. Um the most interesting thing about this scene is a lot of the stuff here with William in this episode seems designed to put the him equals man in black very much front and center on the table. Why do you say that? So here Lawrence cuz he's you know the whole time he's been dismissive of the park and not seeing its charms, Lawrence points out that hey, you've made it further into This park than your partner is Perhaps you've got more of an appetite for this kind of thing Than you think Mm -hmm. Um, And then later on we'll see him Have a conversation about him Seeing Westworld and, and him being obsessed with the storytelling structure that dovetails a lot of what the Man in Black has said about his relationship to Westworld. Right. We know
0: he's there to find the end of the story. The and last the fact chapter. that
1: he's found his true self and then the Man in Black says, this is the place that I, in a certain way of speaking, I was born. Right. Like it definitely – now that could be misdirection because now that, now that Jonathan has kind of got us the one way, he could still sting us the other. Sure. Like deliberate misdirection that turns out not to be true. Yep. Uh which could blow be mind blowing in a different direction. So who knows? Again, the man's <laughs> a professional liar. He can't be trusted. Sure. Uh
0: is this Lawrence's train? Like his act 'cause there are guns mounted like all over the walls here. Yeah. As also, if this were some kind of weapon train.
1: Is there really like a Ghost Nation Express? Like that you goes know? right through the the Badlands? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> I mean what's keeping like every literally every time they go here the ghost station tries to ride up to them and yeah. like it's just a, it's always it's just a shit show kind of battle mm-hmm. like i feel like that's not sustainable either the train would have been derailed like the ghost station would just dig up the trails and you'd you'd spin into a ditch and they'd murder you all or like the american buffalo you'd make the uh, ghost nation go largely extinct because you have a yeah. mobile armored cannon platform and they have horses and muskets and arrows like that, you know, again, in Westworld, it all resets. But, like, right. I don't understand the actual... This is, like, where the video game nature of it seems to, like, really stick out. Because this doesn't seem like an ecosystem that would stay in any kind of... Uh, state, uh, yeah, it's very artificial. Right, sure. right.
0: Uh, which, you know, a lot of things in this town are artificial. We see, like, when Maeve's walking through the town later on, the the gunfight that happens behind her is incredibly the, artificial The saddest
1: gunfight right in, in the world's <laughs> ever seen yeah yeah
0: a lot of this is just there for the patrons uh so bernard tries to locate elsie in the park but the computer can't find her Then Teresa asks him to finish the conversation that they started the previous night but bernard once again won't talk and she asks about some work stuff um then he asks if she's all right and then
1: he leaves it seems like she's wanting to start shit with him that he kinda of diffuses. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I I like this scene. I like this scene a lot. And it kind of like on second watch it really um kind of blew my mind that I just I just keep going back to the fact that he's a robot and Teresa had sex with him in an intimate relationship and was not aware. Yeah. Like that's that's a bit going beyond passing the Turing test. That's the that's the Teresa test and he passed with Flying Colors. Yeah, I mean, he has pretty good
0: camouflage, you know?
1: He's outside of Westworld. <laughs> That's not, not bad. dressed like a cowboy. Right. If he had the 10-gallon hat, people would be like, oh, you're a fucking hose. Yeah. Come on. He, he keeps his holster in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So her
0: mission, I guess, here at this point is still to try and subvert Ford or try and right. wrangle Ford a little bit. Right. Uh, she still doesn't know what's up. But she eventually finds out what's up in this next scene when she goes to see Charlotte, who is banging Hector, the bot. Uh, They chat about the problems with Ford at the park and her lack of control. And then she says that Delos' interest in the park is the IP, or the code, as she says. She decides to give Teresa one more shot at getting the park under control, but also says that the gods demand a blood sacrifice. And in this case, they're talking about—she's talking about the board, yeah. Demands blood, blood sacrifice. And it has to be someone thoroughly
1: unexpected. Well, when she says that, because the first thing, because I, I, I initially didn't understand, Teresa looks back at Hector and she goes, nothing so obvious. It becomes clear later on that they're talking about engineering a situation that a host flips out and, and kills a person.
0: Right. And I, I think maybe she thought... That Hector was going to kill her, like get up behind
1: her and kill her, or did we're going to have someone like Hector kill a guest, and she's like, no, nothing that obvious. Like it's it's actually would be more frightening to get like the you know lowly whore to kill a guest than it would right. be to have someone obviously menacing and of dangerous, he's the like bad Hector. guy, right, right, yeah. Something that might not he's she's might not even be authorized to hold a gun, much less kill anybody. Yeah, uh, but that was cool. And I'll, what do you think about Hale? Like, I don't. Even there's a couple characters here that are broadly written, shall we say? Lee is one of them. Hale is another Ford, but is kind of broadly written. But then again, he's got the full fucking weight of Anthony Hopkins. Right. At the height of his powers behind him. Like she kind of, to me sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I actually didn't, I didn't buy the performance here mostly
0: because I, people like professionals don't really act this way. Right. If she were professional, she wouldn't be laid out like a lynx on the couch. Like, uh, She'd be sitting
1: there scolding her. And and we we get that this is like some kind of power play. But even I still, know, but like, it just feels And wrong. I'm not blaming the actor because right. to me this is just this, how do you pull this off as mm-hmm. written? Right. Like this character yeah. is got this really combination of traits that just doesn't feel like a real person.
0: Yeah. Same. Same here. I thought the. I thought exactly
1: that, which while I was watching it, could imply that she's a host. Maybe she's been poorly written by the QA department. Yep, uh, an amateur job, really. But yeah, I I don't know. I thought uh, you know again. I was tempted to say in this episode that if we don't find out the nature of the research project that Delos is behind yep. at the end of this season, that, that I'm like, like, like I was yep. just formulating, like, if we You're don't done. know about, if, if, if <laughs> William and Man in Black is still up in the air, the timeline theory is still up in the air, and Delos, what the hell are they doing, still up in the air, I'm fucking out. But I guess I can't say that. That seeming like a massive hypocrite at this point. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. We're n- we're not out. Yeah, no, I gotta uh, cause, you know <laughs> I, I could see like maybe what Dalos is doing could be the central mystery of the entire show. Like that feels like be, a yeah. fragile framework to hang um, a five season show on, but who knows?
0: Yeah, so we do get some more information um, here about who's smuggling data out of the park. It's obviously. The board at this point, right? Hmm. Like we we find out that Ford is the one keeping all this data in this central location. He won't let any of it leave the park. but They've been beating uh, it out. Yeah, and the board has employed Teresa That's to actually thing get I the, like the about data that out.
1: Scene is she gave this 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 conversation and is almost like, hey, I've got this idea to get data out of the park, and and, and not like so much that you've been trying to. do. It, it's this weird blend oh, of. Really? I thought of, like, this weird blend of this is a brand new idea and we got to get it done and this was our old idea and why haven't you executed on it better.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: What was the new idea, I guess? I wasn't following. I'm just saying that the way she presented, like, the fact – the blood sacrifice is no, that no, what you're talking about like, getting forward out it seems to, to give this speech to teresa who's as clued in is is dumb and it's only because we the audience need this oh. information and it felt very artificial and there gotcha. wasn't there was i i i find it hard to believe there wasn't a better way to convey this information exposition because for teresa exposition should have known sake. every bit of it it would have worked better if it's like this is the plan going forward but they tried to have it both ways to kind of serve as exposition for us, the audience. And that's uh, – like this This poor Hale character is trying to carry way too much fucking weight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I guess I don't buy the central premise that they could cordon off this information in this one location. It would be very, very easy to get in there and get that data if you're the board.
1: Well, but it would also be very, very easy if you're god of this park to deliberately engineer safeguards against that. I, I look, look, I get look, information, man. wants to be free. No, 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 no. <laughs> Felix and Sylvester
0: could do it. No, I, apparently, I, they're right. being unmonitored at all occasions. No, it, it does seem... Like, it th- does. He doesn't have the vice grip, apparently, on this park that right. he, he thinks he does. Or... Or, or he's
1: letting that happen. This is some kind of Zion level of matrix right. type of control, which sure. is on the table. But that I just think
0: anybody with a thumb drive could get in there and take yeah. that data.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Anthony if Hawk, Edward Snowden can do it, Doctor Ford worked really hard to ban thumb drive technology. You can't actually buy it in America in the 2016. It's all mini disc <laughs> again, and nobody has a player. It's just <laughs> bullshit. Right. Right. <laughs> It says it backs up, but then it corrupts everything. <laughs> it's like the zip drive. You get it into your machine, oh, it just starts clicking, and like, God damn it! How am I supposed to do? I did. I made this three days ago. <laughs> right, right. It was verified good backup.
0: <laughs> All right, Mave wakes up and she goes to the saloon. She shuts off the player piano. She's sick of music. No music in here. Uh, she has a conversation with Clementine
1: about her future plans. They ran out of licensing money. They the did. licensed pop culture song. That's as... the that's
0: the theme song that was playing. The original, original song from Westworld. I don't I don't know about the movie, but that's original to the show. At oh, least. okay. Um, all the bots are frozen except for Maeve, who is worried because the techs come in and talk about grabbing one of them, and they say she over and over, and Maeve's like preparing to fight. She's got a knife in her mm-hmm. hand. Text come up and grab Clementine instead. Shoot. And they take her upstairs.
1: Yeah, I thought I was... Um, they got some... Uh, I mean, I don't know if it, what you feel when you're watching this, but I got a little tense in this scene. Like, oh, shit. How are they on to her? And, right,
0: that was my big question. Like, how how did they figure this out? Right. It must have been the cameras. Like, right. Or <laughs> Felix so, and Sylvester, or Sylvester
1: just up. turned State's evidence against her. Yeah. I mean, that seems like... Just Okay, that's something we thought that would happen, so...
0: I also really liked how... It's honestly something that should happen, right? Like, as soon as Sylvester is out of her immediate presence, mm-hmm. he should go
1: to the bosses and he should say, this bot is seriously fucked. Go pull her. Yeah. No, I I get it. Like, how I get that he's terrified in her presence. Right. But she goes back to the park and he goes home. Yeah. That's when you blow the whistle. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't, I mean, and she's got some light blackmail material, but at this point, nothing worse than what you're actively <sighs> doing. Right. Right. So, like, bail, man. Yeah. But I don't know. I also like the way that uh, Thanny Newton played this character as if she, like, catches herself going back in her routine. It's like, why are you doing this? And then when right. Clementine winds up to g- deliver her backstory speech, she's like, no, no, not I having any this. of this shit. I don't care. Um, and it just shows really simply her maturity as a, as a thinking being, I guess. Is that... And how much so, has changed.
0: Let me ask you, is that a result of the reveries necessarily or her her cranked up apperception. How much of how much i guess is oh, that manifesting well, because of her new abilities? Right.
1: I mean, i feel like that she was heading this direction anyway, oh, but yeah. like the bulk apperception thing just like threw gasoline on a on a brush fire. Right. So it's like you can't really separate them, but one's an accelerant of the other effect.
0: Right. So back to the L train, Dolores, <laughs> and by L train i mean Lawrence's train. Uh, Dolores tells William that she's never going. That's what he calls it. It's the L train. L train. That's canon. Dolores tells William she's never going back to her old life. And then she asks what he's looking for. He tells her how much he loves books and stories and all about his soon to be wife. Would you say that he loves to get to the last page? He wants to know how the stories end. I would say that. (laughs) Dolores gets sad and she runs off to another car. William goes after her. He decides he doesn't care about his real life anymore after like a week in this park. And they bang. So, none of this spoke to you because, like, as a person who... D- Dolores' stuff, sure, but I don't understand William's... Like, William, you have to leave this park eventually.
1: Right. What happens then? I guess as a... I guess you, you go blow up your life. Right? right, I mean, I I completely identified with this. Okay, because I feel like I've been in that situation where, like, oh shit, I've living, I'm living a lie. Oh fuck, this is going to mean a lot of really painful changes. I uh, guess that's what's going to happen now. Like, oh, I sure, I understand that. So I think it was like I this scene like really fucking spoke to me. Like a lot of stuff he was saying, like it's a lot more melodramatic than how I would put it. But like I've experienced <laughs> things like that in my life.
0: My, I guess the kernel of my problem with this scene, and it's not a huge problem. Because I, I ultimately do buy Williams' transformation here. But right. what should be ringing in his ears is what Logan told him earlier, which is this park is specifically tailored to push your button, sure. man. Yeah, you got that. The, the, the idea that William has not even considered that this might be all a fabrication
1: just for him is uh, slightly surprising to me. But on the other hand, they, I feel like you're right. But they also have given us a lot of compelling reasons why he's dismissing that. Like Yeah. That Dolores she is seems not different. act like he's he's done his homework and he knows what these things are capable of and she's not acting the spec. Right. Now, it would be just like a successful theme park to Bake that into the story. They that know they know what size
0: clothes you wear. Yeah, you're, they you're, give you're the a special choice guy, hats. and you're going to
1: go for the Pinocchio story, and right? That's what we're going to serve up. But then she's a real girl. This is why you're a nerd, and you've never really felt accepted, and you've you've put on a mask to, to to make it time with a real girl. And she's a girl that's just going to get you, right? Almost like she's been engineered to do so. And he just fucking takes it hook, line, and sinker, man. He sure does. So... And I I think. You know, as an audience, we
0: understand that his right. his you know read on this is correct, but he
1: never even really considers it beyond but a the lot first of dudes interaction. D- a lot of dudes don't. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Sure. Like, nothing about this relationship is special. Like, this could be any type of relationship between. Like, I don't know if this is a healthy relationship, but there's certainly relationships I've seen with men and women.
0: Right, I mean, the difference to me here is that he knows he's in a fucking park, <laughs> like if you knew you were in a video game, how would that make you feel about this thing that's happening? I don't know, man, but yeah i
1: like, I, don't know. I know I put up with a lot of shit for some good pussy. in my in my past and i bet a a scientifically engineered pussy would be amongst Mm -hmm. the best one can have especially to resist especially if one is a kind of introverted nerd that might not have a lot of experience with women okay like i I, i'm saying like i can totally see the the willy the poil type falling for this hook line and sinker and i've (laughs) i've definitely seen it man so (laughs) like i again like yeah, he shows up to a fake park in less than a week, he's ready to get down with this robot, like, kinda, but... I suppose I buy it. It's tenuous, but I buy it. And she's... And, and yeah, you said it, the, the weird thing is, as we as the audience know that he's right about her sure. being special. Yeah, and it feels like the writers are just Deciding to go with that, yeah, it's like okay, well, yeah, we, we don't
0: need to have him question it because sure. the audience
1: knows. But like I said, I, I, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't feel false to me because I've definitely seen men and women mm-hmm. do stupid shit because of fairly, you know, superficial, shallow reasons. You know what does feel false to me? What's that?
0: Extraordinarily false. What's that? Is the compositing when he walks between those train cars? Oh, that really? looked
1: really bad. Huh? Just terrible. I didn't notice it. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I usually oh, I usually man. do, so like I kind of feel like I need to go watch this again. I thought it was Danny on her dragons level of bad. Really? Yeah. That bad. Yeah. Wow. And HBO every once in a while falls flat on their C G you know, faces. Because they spent the rest they spent all their budget on this next mind blowing shot of the HQ on top of the Mesa. Right. Which I thought was pretty fucking sweet. It so is so yeah. you had to go with Robert Drogon how far how
0: far out do you think the the mesa facility is i i don't remember seeing it on the map
1: uh it kind of feels like it might be central it's just up so high and it's so like does no one go mount like can you has a host ever accidentally gotten them gotten up there because they were climbing a mesa decided who cares like they're programmed not to see it right right if it breaks
0: their illusion, that's true. That's they're true. just not even going to notice. I just they could walk up
1: next to it, like reading a Wikipedia article of, for like Devil's Mesa and being shocked that people like like Native people had climbed that. Like was in Devil's Antiquity. Mesa, uh, yeah, the thing that uh, uh, or the Devil's Devil's Table or whatever. It's it's the thing that like was centrally featured in Close Encounters of a Third Kind. That just like <sighs> it's been too long. That that really. Uh, you know stark stone column thing like it doesn't look like you could climb that at all sure but people have been climbing it for thousands of years like i think like you'd need fucking ropes and those piton (laughs) shits and like you know high-tech gear carabiners Mm -hmm. and stuff but apparently you can just climb it with like fucking stone picks and minecraft tools apparently (laughs) why not so
0: ford and bernard are called to a meeting where qa along with charlotte from the board charlotte hale Reveal that they know about the reveries. They also demonstrate the danger of the new code by having Clem kill a bot that was programmed to read as human, and then they fire Bernard for it. And the, and Bernard the entire time is looking over to Ford. You gonna save me here? Yeah, because I thought he, I, th- I thought he's gonna, you can help Ford's me. Ford's
1: like, oh, you ain't gonna fire shit. This is my boy. Right? Uh, you're I, you're fired. I in fact. put the reveries in. Bernard right. noticed them. I told him not right. to. To say anything, here's my 78 year old Welsh dick flopped onto the table. Nope. and he didn't look for support. Found none. <laughs> uh, although Ford did, I thought he looked bemused because we'll later appreciate that he was onto this plot from the from the time that Hector fucked Hale. Like right. everything that Hector saw, he saw. But also, like if Bernard could smoke this out, clearly Ford could. And I am kind of embarrassed. And Ford for knows. All I mean,
0: Ford heard. Uh, Hale say, "Look,
1: we're not going to fire Ford. We're going to sure. ask him to leave nicely. Maybe we're going to force him out. Yeah, and, and we got to make sure that he can't blow this up. And this is not that moment. And he knows no. it. And that's yeah. the only. But that's the only card he has to play that he can blow this thing up. And I don't know. Yeah. how killing Teresa is going to defang that or." or you know, it just seems like long-term he can't win this fight unless he's willing to kill and replace everyone on the board with robots. And maybe he is. Guess
0: what? He is. <laughs> okay. He will do that without a okay. doubt. All right. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure why he hasn't already done it. Okay. Yeah. That was <laughs> frankly seem like a, a
1: short-term that's solution. That's day one. Right, right. Day one, kill everyone around you and replace them with bots. But that's I, I the thing. Is like if, if someone killed me and sent me back to Cecily... I would flatter myself into thinking that she would probably figure it out in short term that it's not me, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, yeah, you... I don't know. I'm So it became clear... Like, how well does he know Teresa's backstory? I guess he... I mean, right. he knows everything about the time she spent in the park and some of her ancient family history, but enough to pass as someone that you've been intimate with? Yeah, it's interesting. Um...
0: That's a good question. How do you take those those memories that you probably – you wouldn't have access to,
1: right? Right. Um, and recreate those sufficiently can they, can to they fool they pull them right out of the – I mean, that's the thing. Like, if they've got right. – uh, as we've speculated from the first fucking episode, if they got some kind of consciousness transfer system, then he can just yeah. scan their brain and game over. That seems a little too easy. Although Bernard just bashed her brains into a wall, so – Now, it's interesting because I I think in hindsight
0: it's clear that Bernard's wife – Whatever that is that's happening there,
1: she knows that he's not real? Um, I'm going to go so far. I just think that's that's just an embedded memory.
0: You think so? That's taking place
1: very long ago. When the ago. emailer last week said that the thing you got to keep in mind about Bernard's backstory is that it was introduced in right. the episode where Anthony Hopkins inserted a false backstory in the teddy, Like, I just felt like, oh, oh, okay, you're right. Teddy spoke convincingly yeah, of Wyatt from the second he got that iPad. It was the, real the, to him. So
0: the reason I think one of the reasons I feel like this is a it, this was cheap when mm-hmm. they revealed this a little bit is because of that scene. Because that scene is not told. That scene is not shown to us in the same way that these flashbacks of his kid are it shown wasn't a to dream, us. Right? It 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 was not as if he was remembering it. He was experiencing it, or at least that's what the the. Visual of that you're right. scene told me. So I'm not entirely sure that. So that's where I'm going with like his wife must know or his ex wife, what, whatever she is to him, yeah, must know that he's a bot. Or you're right, maybe that's just a false memory. But you're it didn't right, it, feel it, it like
1: didn't it. present it as a memory, presented as something that he was actually experiencing. So right. that's... that will take a bit of noodling. The
0: same with the conversations with Dolores, right? Like those never felt like false memories that he had those were things
1: he was actually doing well the other thing the way to explain all this is that we both him talking to dolores when she's fully clothed and his wife is some if you want to go fully down the crazy path um there's a theory that bernard is actually arnold bernard yeah bernard and if you think of all the things we saw him talking to the fully clothed dolores and his ex-wife as things that that arnold actually did that then later were incorporated into the construct that becomes known as Bernard, Mm -hmm. then that all makes sense. Sure. There's no really conflict there.
0: Right, and it does make a lot more sense um, now that we know he's bought.
1: Right, that he was killed probably by Ford and replaced with this Bernard character. Or, I mean, there's a couple of other sub-theories there that Bernard... uh, Arnold was the first AI that Ford created, kind of like in a uh, you know the, he's the G- the Jesus Christ master architect to the sovereign Lord God uh, thing. Uh, that that was his first creation, and then he helped him create everything else.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: on the table. Um, the other theory, and and so that would make like. Um, and the Ford fucked up, and that Bernard became conscious, or Arnold became conscious, mm-hmm. Bernard Arnold, um, and then tried to destroy the park. <laughs> they tried to destroy the park or liberate everyone, well, and, thereby destroying the park. And <laughs> they used Dolores as the Judas steer to mm-hmm. blow the whole thing up. Yeah. Um, the other, the other interesting theory that I don't really buy a lot, but it's it's being talked about is the fact of the reverse it that Arnold was the creator and that Ford was the first ai and that mm-hmm. he became aware of what's going on and decided to overthrow his master i don't think there's nearly enough nearly as much textual support for that as the the fact that bernard is arnold or a, a, a some 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 kind of Arnoldy, right either a human partner got killed and transferred his consciousness um or he was just the first ai that became conscious
0: the one thing that is not like fitting into that puzzle yeah is when did they move to Alpha Centauri?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. What's the time frame for
0: that? Yeah. All right, let's move on. (laughs) William wakes up after the bang session with no regrets. Uh, He professes his love for the park and for Dolores, and he sees a drawing she did of a river and a canyon. Dolores says it's something from her imagination. She's never seen it before. Suddenly the train comes to a stop. Confederados ride up with a Gatlin gun and blast the train. Then Lawrence sends the body of... The the Stiff from previous episodes. I can't remember his name. Slim. Slim? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was Skinny, but I was thinking Skinny Pete, and that Slim, can't be right. Slim
1: Stiffens is his name. Slim
0: Stiffens explodes and kills, you know,
1: maybe one or two of them,
0: but just pisses I, off
1: the rest of, of gonna them. You guys going to say, largely, I was expecting, like, I, I was having all these thoughts, like, wait a second, he's full of nitroglycerin, but... It's not going to be that big of an explosion, and then and it wasn't that big. it wasn't that big of an no. explosion. And you're right, but yeah. it didn't lead to a really exciting horse chase. Yeah,
0: the chase begins. The Confederados are, uh, you know, trying to run them down and shoot them with a Gatling gun on the move. Uh, but they get ambushed by the Ghost Nation, which allows William and Dolores to get away. And they find themselves at the exact place that Dolores drew, implying that this is not her imagination. This She's is perhaps been there before, a memory. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I what what do you think of this scene? I mean, it was cool. I thought it was really cool when they wheeled that body out there. Mm-hmm. They
1: horse that body out. And I, I thought like this, this film, this scene has got to be a, a, just a pain in the ass to film because like all the the horse action and people shooting guns and um, you know, it's just it's just really cool and looks super expensive and well done like i and then like you just when you, things are looking grim the ghost nation shows up and mm-hmm. inadvertently saves the day um i yeah i i i liked it a lot um you yeah. know most of the stuff i'd have to say is a continued discussion of what we talked about with William and Dolores's relationship already right um, and he's
0: he's he understands that this game doesn't doesn't cater to your lowest self it reveals who you truly are right uh, which you know a lot of mib talk
1: there well, and that's also talk that it seems like if you go from what Doctor Ford said, that might have been a central debate, you know, that he and his partner had back in the day, like you know mm-hmm. which which impulse is going to win out, yeah, and which side was he on in that? Because that's the other thing is I don't, he's obviously lying about a lot of things. Um, the Who other is thing, Ford or Ford, William okay. Ford, yeah, is lying about a lot of things, and he's ascribing things about himself that are not true or for for motivations of other people that he's taken for himself. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, but I don't know. The other thing that was interesting is the place where mountain meets the sea is something that Teddy told her about. Right. It's a place where the water runs so clean you can wash all your sins away, uh, um, which is interesting from the center of the maze, like what? It, where is this going? We talked about the ayatoi myth from last uh, last week. And are we any closer to ascribing – names definitively to some of those legendary figures. Remember we talked about oh, the one right. guy led the army out and one guy got
0: I mean I I really feel like a lot of that is Teddy's story and we didn't see any Teddy this episode. Yeah. So not really?
1: Could be Bernard. Like, now that Bernard's a host, I think he kind of yeah. all he's got to do is lead the the underground dwellers on a war for the the park and
0: So let me ask you this. Bernard's still fired, right? I, I guess. Mean, the reason that he takes out Teresa at this point is to replace Teresa and still have a, a vice grip on the park here. So
1: you're saying that Jonathan Nolan's a liar and that that body they're constructing is Teresa. Well, yes. Because yeah, the, I'm the
0: imagery just says it. It, it spells it all yeah,
1: out. They, they really did a lot with the camera stuff. I, I thought right. maybe it could have been Elsie, too, but I'm hoping that she secretly is still alive. I mean,
0: if it is Elsie, Elsie's looking for a promotion. Well, guess what? yeah position just opened up elsie and if he takes elsie and replaces her then that could be it but he's also got to replace Teresa. yeah otherwise
1: what are you doing man
0: the board's going to be asking questions where'd our where'd our lady go yeah
1: and and also like if he if the board does this from time to time how many people have you killed and nobody's really noticed like yeah uh so you what when you when you the administrator job at westworld changes a person that's all i know they come back. They they go yeah. one person. They come back slightly different. It like just changes you.
0: Yeah, they got antennas sticking out of them. <laughs> it's real weird. They're pointing
1: their laser guided wrists at satellites all the time. <laughs> I
0: don't can't figure it out. But I, I think Bernard's out. Teresa's in. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what this means for the future. I think of Bernard's right on the show. I think
1: I think he's going to be reinstated. You or, think Teresa's going to reinstate him? Or Fake like I said, it, it could Teresa. be it could be about time for him to start leading the robot rebellion. Maybe. How does he do it from inside the park? Well, he's got to first come to grips with the fact that he's, like, that's being suppressed somehow. Like, mm-hmm. he's got to come to grips with, a, oh, I'm a host. Yeah, he was having a tough time and, with oh, that. oh, I just murdered somebody. And, like, that's, uh, you know, there's, what, three episodes left this season? So.
0: Yeah, he doesn't seem to be as far along that path as Maeve or Dolores, Well, instance. it's
1: weird because he might be further along than others. It's just that he's, he's you know, because I'm like, one thing, the other thing we discussed pre-podcast is what's the difference between because you seem like you still want to put some emotional distance between Bernard and a real person mm-hmm. and I threw out like what's the difference between Bernard and any other deluded human
0: I would say free will potentially
1: well that's a I know well, that's, that's a that's a, really a big bag to open. too
0: <laughs> well I certainly like will beyond the the control of a of a specific human being like that I mean that
1: seems like it could be a good place to start at least the discussion yeah because then the, my my where i would go is like it seems obvious to me that like you can right now take someone's skull off while they're conscious poke an electric probe into their brain and make them smell blueberries or right you know remember what their mother yeah you know, like, like you can manipulate people's memories that way mm-hmm. and i also feel like that We are not anywhere near now, but certainly several hundred years away, assuming some medical and scientific progress, of being able to recreate or create experiences synthetically. This goes back to Morpheus' speech about what is real. If real is what your brain tells you is real, then it's just a bunch of electrochemical reactions going on in your brain. Mm -hmm. Then it's another short leap to say that you can actually implant those things into the brain. At that point, and we're keeping in mind that we're in a future where maybe they have that technology. Yeah. If the difference between you and Jeffrey Wright is that he was programmed and you're not, you could be programmed. So then I go back and say, what is the real difference there? Between, right. I you think know, at
0: that point, if you were programmed, would you could, even be conscious That's anymore? what I'm saying. Like,
1: could could you be abducted and reprogrammed and are you still a person or are you now right. a meat popsicle?
0: Right. <laughs> are you a, a meat robot? Sure. Like all of the other hosts that we've seen in this park, aside from a very few. Sure. Uh, it's it's a fair question. I mean, the show is playing with all of those ideas. Yep, those are things we're supposed to be asking. Yep. So Maeve's being worked on, and she wakes up again. She wants another tour of the fucking facility, except this time she's looking for Clem. Yep. Uh, she sees Sylvester lobotomizing Clem while Teresa is watching, and everything is getting a little silly with Maeve and Felix standing in the hall and nobody noticing, and Teresa right there. And then Bernard walks in and asks
1: Teresa for a word. Uh Uh-huh. Like, come on.
0: I mean, he's standing outside the room
1: with a hose. Then Bernard goes right into a dialogue about how embarrassed he is for Teresa for this poor showing. And I'm like, what about the show you just missed, dude?
0: Yeah, right
1: behind you. Of course, that, he might not be supposed to see that. I don't know. Um, sure, he's not, so but question, with this decommissioning process, this retirement process, where they just send a drill up your nose and kind of like the pharaohs of old, yeah. I guess, scramble your brains and pour it out through the nose hole. I um, suppose. We saw Father Abernathy go through that procedure, and he definitely, I guess, was lobotomized, but he still retained the ability to do basic motor functions and respond to commands and also have tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. So, are these robots not as thoroughly retired as they think they're being? Because, like the the, the tears in his oh, eyes are the things that really stood out for me when they decommissioned Abernathy, like yes, he 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 had all of his programming removed, and I, I honestly don't know what they're doing at that drill bit. Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like it's long enough to really lobotomize a person. Is there like a chip, right? That, like that's up there that they're destroying that somehow locks up their consciousness? I I don't fucking know, but. I would like to know more about this stuff.
0: And, and and we didn't see any specific requests for hardware changes. It was all software, which wouldn't be located right. in a specific area for them to lobotomize. Right. Just that piece of code. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It's... It's shorthand TV story and, bullshit. And you can't get cuz like fine. you know,
1: you can't explain how warp drive works. Right. The scientific principles aren't there. You can't expect you can't explain how hyperspace Wait, works. Wait, but they have
0: the Heisen- Heisenberg compensators. Yeah, you they can you can <laughs> hand Come wave on, a man. bunch of
1: bullshit, but it's still <laughs> you can't say like this is cuz if you knew how it worked you could build one today and it's impossible. So right. like at some point you got to let some of this shit go. I'm letting this go. Yeah, I'm I'm yep. with you. But That's I would fine. like to Drill know, up the nose, I, does it. I, I would like to know if there is such a thing as like like I would like to know a little bit more about the procedure, just like I want to know more about the blood letting and begetting and all that stuff, so I could understand how the world is working. Like, well, I don't... it's
0: clear to me that they're looking for a specific. Uh, they're they're trying to evoke a feeling from the viewer rather than have it make any sense, right? Like. They want you to look at this lobotomization process and go, oh, my God, it's how horrifying. horrific is it's that? Like, most Whereas people... if they did a true robotic lobotomization, it would be a jack on the back of their head or something where they plug in with their iPad or they right. wirelessly connect and yeah, just – Yeah, get the body horror this way. Right. But, it evokes a response from the audience.
1: But but honestly, because you know, I'm talking about this Eatori myth where you know one of the heroes goes down to the earth, to the lower levels of the earth, and recruits an army of mm-hmm. forgotten peoples. Right. Um, what does that army look like if they're all lobotomized and yeah. they can't do anything but respond to simple verbal commands? Like, if there's some way to restore them, and it, the, the restoration process doesn't seem compatible with sticking a drill bit up their nose and, you know, whipping the eggs around,
0: right? Like, how do you rebuild that? Yeah, you, I guess you put in a
1: new nose, <laughs> right? I mean, brains are actually in the nose. Yep, the it sinuses. might be. There's a maze on the scalp. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know don't what's know. where. For sure, you're right. Who knows. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's move on to Bernard telling Teresa that the demo was a sham and he knows it. He also knows that she's been transmitting the code out mm-hmm. and he claims that the hosts are on the verge of some kind of change thanks to Ford's code and tells her, I got something to show you.
1: Yeah, essentially talks about that um, the uh, evolutionary biologist emailed in a couple of weeks ago. This is kind of like what they're saying, that like these, this, this memory is like their genetic code and the random interactions are like the mutations and that these robots are starting to somehow select for intelligence. They are literally evolving. Right. And I I don't
0: know if it's just because we've been podcasting on this for seven episodes uh-huh. now or if this is just the third step in that three-stage reveal. Right. But this felt very obvious and something that didn't need to be said. Yeah. I thought it had been said already several times in the show.
1: Well, I thought Ford had about, said they, it. I, I, I thought
0: Bernard had said it. And now... he has to say it again. I think they
1: talked about evolution in abstract terms, and then we had a lot of meta discussion connecting that to the plot. Right, reveries by camera mind, like all that stuff. But if you weren't watching, listening to podcasts, I feel like maybe you needed this short scene to to really hammer the point home. I suppose so. fair enough. I didn't think it was super belaboring the point.
0: No, and it was quick, and you know, that's fine. So Sylvester apologizes for lobotomizing Clem to
1: Maeve. I love how awkward he is, too. Like, I guess, like, he's struggling not to call Maeve it and trying Uh to, like, describe Clementine as a friend, even though he doesn't really believe it. Like, it's it's, it's pretty pretty good. Uh, And he claims he did it to
0: protect her, because if they found out about this, some bad things would happen. This is all true.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Maeve asks him to do one more thing, which is get her out of here. She has to tell him that she's not afraid of death because she's done it so many times and threatens to kill him if he doesn't help.
1: Which... I, I, again, I don't know exactly why he's that much under her thumb, but I liked her speech, and Dandy Newton gave it very well. Yeah, um, this I've died a thousand times. I'm not afraid of it. You might be, though. The key new information here is he says every part of this building, including the skin on your back, is made to keep you here. Right. That makes it seem like it's going to be impossible for her to leave. Yeah, her is going to rip off. Because cause I... If you think about it, forget about the host just wanting to go away. Like, how many times do you think idiots like William have fallen in love with a host – and like I got, I'm gonna smuggle you out of here. And the robot's like, okay, whatever. This is what the host wants. It's what the guest wants to do, right? And, and they, they get outside to, of the they field get to and to the anti shopping strip at Walmart, and weren't they get tackled? Like, there's got to be something.
0: I mean, it could be bigger than that. I mean, it could just
1: destroy them if yeah, they go like, outside could, of the sphere like, of influence. Their skin could like, just like, melt off. Or right. They could have uncontrollable pain or like. Yeah. There's all so many things. I mean, we have
0: these. We have these dog fences. These dog collars that shock dogs when they leave a certain perimeter sure, sure you're telling me they wouldn't
1: do that with these bots you're such a fucking stark raving robust it's just i know just comparing them to dogs jim really really wait i uh, thought you liked dogs i do but it's insulting to compare a conscious thinking being to them that's not what i was doing i know okay. um, anyway that's but you wouldn't realize it because you're just a robust that's true you can't see past your own a
0: self-proclaimed robust <laughs> proud defiant yeah. why not I won't be around in a hundred years. You should design. To feel the you should design it. a
1: flag that you can fly. All right. Uh, that just just let everybody know what a piece of shit you are. To tell people I'm a humanist. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. I'm fine with that. You're a human nationalist, and just deal Wait, with it.
0: No, that's that's not where I was going. <laughs> Teresa tells Bernard that she's trying to protect the interest of Delos by stealing the code, but he can't conceive of anything that could possibly destroy the data. Right. Is this part of his robot programming? Because I can conceive of about a hundred million things. Well
1: he says I wouldn't allow it, which seems like he's got a layer a layer of delusion built on top even his yeah. his, his baseline delusion. Have yeah. you never
0: heard of fire? Have sure. you never heard of
1: earthquakes, right.
0: tornadoes, maybe, hurricanes, maybe those don't exist
1: in the future. They fracked it all they fracked it all out and they've
0: there are a million and one different types of accidents that could happen <laughs> asteroid that could destroy this data And right. he asks in the event of what in the event of an accident, motherfucker yeah something you didn't foresee that's the definition of an accident yeah uh, So he takes her to Ford's cabin in the woods where he uh, she finds a door that leads to an underground host printing diagnostic lab. Ford comes in and he reveals that Bernard is a host. And after a conversation about how Ford controls the place and the board likes to challenge him, Bernard kills
1: Teresa. End of the episode. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, I I liked how rapidly they started throwing out the clues to the fact that yep. – because uh, I was eating us all this up and Cecily was in denial. Even when... It starts from the door. He's like, what door? No, not even then. Like, he's saying as they're descending to or ascending to yeah. the main level, he's saying, I, you know, the more I learn about him, the more I understand the host and the humans are the things that confuse me. And then he literally says, yeah, like, they can't – like, the host can't find the cabin. If they looked at it. They they wouldn't even know what it was. And she goes, right. let's well, find this door. What door? Yeah. Um but still, he's not looking at the door. So, like, Cecily actually p- passed it off as like, "Well, he just wasn't." And I'm like, "Oh!" But then, when you see you're fucking in, the, you're fucking the, in
0: denial. When you see the Bernard prototype
1: schematics, and Bernard yeah. says it looks like nothing to me, boom. That's the, that's, that's yeah. the deal sealer. You yeah. know it. Yeah, and there was like several. Like, I think depending on how open to the idea and how uh how how high your bulk apperception was cranked up for this. Like right. it depends on what what point because obviously there's people smoking this out for, for weeks, but uh, I did like the yep. fact that it was kind of open in the air and then the rapid revelations and then bam the reveal yep. deal with it. Definitive too, like you said. Yep. Yep. Um I have so, a lot of questions about what this What do you scene. think about so so Dr. Ford's got a pretty nihilist look at humanity he's very this is straight out of russ cole's playbook human consciousness is a mistake it's just an elaborate mating display that everything that we've achieved is just because we
0: but he also attributes some value to it you know like who Well he says you know just because
1: it's a mistake doesn't necessarily mean it has no worth but then he says right away but then again the peacock struggles in the ground scratching out bugs for a living and it consoles itself with its great beauty which is I to think, say
0: what I'm doing is better than that but I don't say it's I don't think it's to say that it has no worth in its own right
1: well I I, I took the opposite interpretation I okay. thought and I don't think it he... Okay, I think you're right in that he's accepting his own like thing as some kind of like standalone greatness but, right. like all yeah. other human endeavor up to this point. Like that's kind of a classic I guess uh, supervillain speech. <laughs> right. Um that is the egomaniac at his finest. And then you know that the, the consciousness is a burden that I've relieved and they they live freer lives under my control. Like <laughs> fuck some you, man. Some of this was just a little too Machiavellian scenery mm-hmm. chewing. I mean, again, it, it helps to have Anthony Hopkins delivering it. But he's yeah. uh, he's a he's a he's a, he's a ma- he he he's either a madman or he's a savior for the robots. Mm-hmm. There's really I feel like it's it's there's only and that's a classical logical fallacy of a, a black and white A and B scenario. But right. it does Could feel like both. those are well, but but the, that's kind of like the only explanation. I don't think there's going to be a third. Hmm. Explanation where he's not really a nihilist. He's a host and, and he's under Arnold's control. Oh, shit. Yeah. That could be, <laughs> that could also be a thing as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. At what point do you think realize uh, that Teresa realized that she was well and truly fucked? When he said blood sacrifice. Uh... I, th- I found that a lot of people was confused by that. Yeah, so let's explain like what's going on here exactly. Um, that that is the ch- final twist in the knife that Ford tells Teresa that I am God. I know everything because you had this conversation in front of one of my hosts. This is and not I saying
0: he, that he and Charlotte were complicit in this plan. No. That's not what he means he's here. He's
1: eavesdropping on their conversation and right. he's letting her know that he. That's how deep he's embedded in this whole thing.
0: Yeah. So. Um, let me ask you this: We see a couple of schematics here. One is of Bernard. Uh, one is of Robert. We know he's printed that. I don't know that he's actually printed the Dolores that we'll, we're familiar with, but there may, in fact, be another Dolores. And a lot of people have been speculating this for a while now. There's two Dolores. When, the two Dolores. There? Right when Dolores saw herself, um, there, there's some stuff to say. Maybe it was a second Dolores, in in the parade, um, okay. out in Pariah.
1: Is that a possibility? Do you think that Ford may have printed a second Dolores? There is nothing that would prevent someone from printing a duplicate host. I think that's obvious. However, there has been no concrete evidence anywhere that there are identical hosts in the park, even though that would solve a lot of their narrative problems. Right. They have said, and great, no one has suggested, uh, our hosts are fucking with the plot, we'll just fucking print another host and put them in there so they can... I don't know why that seems like a very simple solution to a lot of the problems they have with multiple story storylines, but mm-hmm. because they haven't put it on the table, I guess I'm disinclined unless I see very strong evidence to think that there's multiple copies of host running around. Okay. Now let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, the schematic for Robert was labeled Robert. The schematic for Dolores was labeled Dolores. The schematic mm-hmm. for Bernard was strategically positioned that the lower half of the schematic was both out of frame and blurry. Right. Is this grist for the Bernard Arnold theory that would that schematic actually say Arnold? I I mean the fact where it's telling br- that they left it blank. That's an intentional it is. De- it de- is. intentional decision.
0: And and I don't I don't want to say that this theory is on the table or off the table, I, I think it's still up in the air, and it could go either way. I, I just want to ask some hard questions about do it. the Bernard theory. Do it, bust Arnold's balls wide open. Who, who do they think
1: Bernard is in the board? And, uh, someone that, that uh, Doctor Ford hired a long time ago, a new hire. And not, like thirty-five years ago. Like he's been there for a long time, he but has. not a not forever, right? Although that's that's, the, are we, that's are a trigger we, word that he uses for him, so that could just be, you know, like a turn in the other cheek. Uh, like that could be a a phrase that he uses to bolster the Bernard constructs loyalty to him. Okay, like whenever so, whenever Bernard's starting to get outside let, of his loop, that's how he puts him back on the loop. All right, he then let me him about ask you this: and How long? You you weren't here from the beginning, were you, Bernard?
0: If Bernard has been here from
1: the beginning, uh-huh. and he's Bernard Arnold, yep, he is Arnold. Does he look like Arnold? Well, let me. So, there's another piece of evidence we haven't uh, introduced. Um, now that we know what Anthony Hopkins' father looks like as the robot version, we can go back and see when he showed Bernard the picture of himself and um, and his partner Arnold. That Who was he a described picture, as Arnold. Yeah, that is a picture of his father. Right. That 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 matches exactly the robot version of his father. Now, there's a couple pers- possibilities here. Um, for whatever reason, that's not his father. That's actually, like, the his robot father is Arnold. Arnold. That doesn't make much sense. Okay. Or the other thing is, maybe that picture actually did show Bernard, but Bernard can't accept that. It's, so it would look like someone else, and at some subconscious level, he remembers what Dr. Ford's father looks like. I mean, there's lots of huh. places you okay. can go, since we know that Bernard physically can't see things he's not supposed to but but the fact that okay. we know that either Dr. Ford lied or uh, Bernard couldn't accept the truth of what he was seeing, I think that implies that it's wide open that his partner could be Bernard. Or Arnold is Bernard. Bernard is Arnold. Arnold Why? used to be human. And is it transferred to Bernard's body as a kind? Con- like there's lots of different ways right. that can play out, sub-theories.
0: So, so somewhere along this line, if let's say he doesn't look any different than he did in life uh, yeah. as a human being – so people started calling him Bernard. Mm-hmm. How does that take place?
1: I don't know because the other thing. How does he really, transition from Arnold to Bernard? The other thing that's really interesting is that no one knows anything about Arnold. Like, um, how is that possible? As well, like uh, the
0: company, the board would have records
1: of what's Williams' buddy's name? Logan. Logan. So Logan said he knew of the uh, the 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 fact that he had a partner and his partner was dead. But like. Their lawyers couldn't find inf- information about it. And the only one that we've men- heard mention Arnold has been, like, the man in black, other robots, and, right. you know, Dr. Ford himself talking about it. So we we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. One thing that would satisfy the, the the fact that this guy's mysterious and came from nowhere is if he was literally created. Right. Yeah, but... I think Dr. Ford has the power to just essentially squelch those kinds of questions or fabricate employee files. Like, you know... Once you get, like, I think that's something, like, like think about, you do you remember that show, Now You See Me, or Now You, Catch Me If You Can? That's what it was, Catch Me okay. If You Can. yeah, Leo um, and
0: Christopher Walken. Getting
1: your first job is the hardest thing in the world, and you're talking to a guy who had a pretty successful computer science career without having a computer science degree. Getting my my foot in the door the first time was hard. After that, I had to, like, nobody, like, goes back and asks for my college transcripts on my third job as a developer, as a high end developer, you know? So, right. like, if, if, if Dr. Ford fakes his employee file, what is the, the boards are actually going to go back and verify everyone's employment history that already was on board with Westworld? Like, I guess, I I feel like with, there's a lot of ways they could hand wave that, that away. So, are you, I,
0: Are you implying that there is some kind of, like, time gap between the time that Arnold died and the time that Bernard was hired sufficient that they would forget what Arnold as a human being looked like? Possibly. Or or that he looks entirely different from the
1: actual Arnold? That's also possible. Okay. But, you know, I I think that we're going to find out that he actually – Arnold looks exactly like Bernard – it's just that for whatever reason, Dr. Ford is able to shroud that partner in mist mystery. And what I don't know for sure, did Arnold start off as a flesh-and-blood human that Dr. Ford was working with as equal partners? Right. Or did Dr. Ford create Arnold as a construct to help him with everything else, and he made him a very lifelike robot that eventually maintained, became conscious and that Dr. Ford killed him to and and then deliberately dialed everyone's consciousness back to make sure that would never happen again? But some fragment of of Arnold slash Bernard's programming is still active in the park, or was he a human that transferred his consciousness into a robot and then was killed, or like, mm-hmm. you know, was he just a human that got killed and he's got code that's like up in the park that people don't? I don't know. The, I think the strongest piece of evidence is the fact that if you buy the Bernard is Arnold theory, a lot of the stuff about him talking to Dolores fully clothed makes sense if you think of that happening 35 years ago. Or his conversation with his wife makes sense if you think about him having that conversation 35 years ago.
0: So you're saying that Arnold, as a human
1: being... Looked like Bernard. Or
0: looked like Bernard. I find that more problematic than saying Arnold looked nothing like Bernard.
1: Because you're then saying that this partner, who somebody at the park has to know about, is passed off as this... Right. Subservient robot at some – or or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years pass and Dr. Ford starts to get sentimental. I mean, he says he's not, but every one of his actions be, makes uh, belies that claim. Sure. He goes and he gets sentimental decides to recreate his partner the same way his partner recreated his family. Like, is that – I like would a still think, years, like, if he looked
0: the same, they would know about it. Somebody because would. Because Arnold, as a human being, would have records – Outside of this park.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And if he
0: looked the same, the, you can't tell me that facial recognition isn't a thing in the future. Yeah. They would immediately pull up, oh, Arnold is a guy. Oh, Arnold worked at this park. Oh, Arnold was, in fact, a partner. What is happening here? Right. Yeah. It's problematic if they look the same. Now, if they look different, maybe I could buy it.
1: Um, Question. Yeah. There's. I think there's a key phrase here. Uh, the, but That might be just because I was hip to this theory. Mm-hmm. When he, when she, Teresa says, is this what happened to Arnold? And, you know, Dr. Ford gets that twinkle in his eye and says, Bernard wasn't here in those days. Were you, Bernard? Mm-hmm. That could be taken as a tacit admission that, yes, this is what happened to Arnold. And Bernard became Arnold. Because Bernard wasn't there in those old days. Arnold was. Bernard took his place. Right. From a certain point of view, that's, like, very clean and tracks. Anyway, uh, and also, what is the new storyline? Why is he so fucking obsessed with this new storyline? With all the world crashing down around him, his final words yeah. to Bernard is, "We have a great deal of work to do on our new storylines mm-hmm. that have to do with the maze, that have to do with Arnold. Like this, that's the shit. That's the central mystery that I feel like I'm no closer to understanding.
0: I still wonder, like, how much of how much of his new storyline has to do exactly with the maze because. He's looking at this journal real weird. Well, we got a lot of good I feedback on it. Okay, okay, maybe they can enlighten me because
1: feels strange. Maybe to... we should get into the feedback at this point. Uh, sure. All right. Yeah. So we before we get the feedback, we mentioned in uh, earlier in the podcast that we have in fact saved Bald Move. Uh, so now uh, we are switching into business as usual mode, uh, which means Bald Move. Uh, On an ongoing basis, needs your support. And you can go to support.baldmove.com. There's a variety of methods. Uh, The one we encourage most people to do is join the club because you get things out of that. Uh, You get ad free feeds, so you don't have to listen to these type of pitches anymore. Uh, You get um, uh, bonus content uh, like lunches with Jim and Aaron, and we have a whole bunch of other different shows that we do periodically. Uh, we also have um, live uh, recordings now. You can actually watch us record the, the uh, podcast on video form. And just now recently, audio form, uh, you can listen you can listen to us record the podcast live. You don't have to wait for us to edit it and, and, and get it up. You can listen to it as we're recording. Uh, all those features and more you can get at the club, and you can find all that stuff on support.baldmove.com. Uh, you can send feedback to com. Also, we have weekly discussions on our forums, forums.baldmove.com, if you'd like to go dive off the deep end there. Uh, Jay Ginsu says, A thought that occurred to me about the blood in the hosts. Um, assuming this is a real human blood, likely some sort of a clone blood and not some artificial substance, would it not make sense to have all the hosts have universal donor type O blood? Not only would transfusions between hosts be easier, but a host could act as a living blood bag for any injured guests in the park until emergency staff could evacuate the guest to a medical facility. I get this really amusing image of some poor bastard being trampled by buffalo and a host cowboy immediately getting their Samaritan reflex engaged, running over, and then hooking up their own veins to the guest.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Where's the Samaritan reflex in the fucking buffalo? <laughs>
1: Come on, they're bots too, man. Yeah, the buffalo just rolls up and and the uh, his hooves retract and <laughs> no, he has hands I mean, and he hooks up the. Bl-
0: no, I, see I mean they- maybe not trample the dude. Yeah, maybe not in the first the dude. place.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, buffalo are definitely livestock in the robot sense of the word, right? And there has been been documented cases of buffalo stampede trampling, so shit happens. Yeah, man. what the hell is up with that? Buffaloes don't truck with. Uh, they have no Samaritan reflex. No. They have no. Controls? Especially the buffalo buffalo. The buffalo 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 buffalo. Yeah. And then the Samaritan free flex just throw, flies out the window. Uh, no, but that's a good point. That makes, like, if you could design every aspect of their bodies, make them all typo blood, and then it's just right. essentially everybody's got. I think he meant a Ruffalo stampede. <laughs> that you I could you ever heard see. of Ruffalos, Mark Ruffalos running around <laughs> naked? Yeah. God knows what could happen there. Uh, Nathan V. from Salem, Massachusetts is the gentleman who informed me that the light that we busted so much on last week is a real high end search and rescue flashlight. It's the Claris RS80, and it retails for between $300 and $500. And, uh, $100 for every light it's got. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is there's a four banger. Yep. There's a two banger. Like, it's literally. How high can I go on it? I mean, I made so much fun at the concept of this. But I don't know what... I mean, I, I feel like I'm living in... I feel like I'm Bernard, and I just woke up to the fact that I'm a host. Shit, I am a host in this podcast. <laughs> How long have you known? <laughs> you fucker. What uh, happened to the real a That That sounds like nothing Is to me. Is that even my... Re-
0: <laughs> this uh, conversation sounds like nothing to me.
1: Uh, if you want to buy one for your cosplay needs, it's Klarus, dot com, And they got the whole lineup there for you. Uh, so, yeah. Nick in from Dallas, Texas. And one of your episodes Ford showed Bernard a picture of him and Arnold. I'm reading this just to give credit to this. I will actually post this image if you don't believe us, but there's a side by side of Arnold with, uh, the Ford so-called, and also his father in robot fashion. And they are dead ringers for each other. So Nick in, you're the first one to send me that image and that will be uh, posted in the show notes. Um, so D has a negative reaction to this episode. Um, and this is, like I said, I would say this is about 25% in the mailbag were takes like this. The goodwill that this show had started with because of HBO, Game of Thrones, um, Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, the genre, the Nolan name, um, which prompted me to give it the benefit of the doubt. The showrunners No Michael
0: of- Crichton credit? Come on.
1: <laughs> He's a mixed bag. Uh, the showrunners have almost completely burned through. Too many times the series is asking us to think and pay attention to details and following it up with, but don't t- pay attention to those details. The more disappointments I watch, I'm looking at you, Mr. Robot and Walking Dead, the more I love and appreciate Oof. Vince Gill... Did you fucking send this email? I did. Are you D? I did. I'm D. It makes sense that the one mysterious person that goes by a fucking <laughs> single letter would be you. Uh... I appreciate and love Vince Gilligan and you guys. Even with the confounding source material, you balance ins- Okay, well, you more s-
0: power to you, D. Snuck in. Some- Keep reading my email. I mean, D's
1: email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like it's, it's like especially this gym guy. Aaron's <laughs> all right, but the gym guy's really got some insightful. Yeah. Um, so what do we say to the the these these uh, negative more negative reaction fans? I mean, it's a subjective show. Stop watching if you don't want to watch it. Sure. Yeah. Um,
0: HBO will be fine without your...
1: But your I, I find... So, and I, and I don't know what kind of details, because, first of all, we don't know. There could be compelling reasons for some of this. Like I said, we, we made fun of this flashlight, and it turns out they did their research and sh- and, and tried to come up with a plausible search-and-rescue, heavy-duty-type flashlight, and it's in current use today. So we're just fucking wrong about that, man. Right. Um, it could be the host in a hazmat that's going to be later revealed that this stuff ties together and that that could be something that's vital like a lot of stuff that we're saying don't pay attention to details i don't know that could be hasty like the simi uh, there's some stuff right, like, right. like if you're if you're tied up in the simulation stuff that's like warp drive man you either gotta accept it or not uh-huh. and the fact increasingly some things like um uh, mave doing worrying and clicking like that doesn't seem to be Possible with the human body, but mm-hmm. fuck me, I don't know. I yeah. noticed that Bernard's schematic, I know you didn't, but I looked his joints were not like what you'd describe as human joints.
0: But it's also a prototype. Like, all of these say prototype at the bottom. So, what I'm like, saying is these just, are
1: old. Just because they're organically grown doesn't mean they're 100% human. And and well, we, we know that there are special right, features to there them, there are, so.
0: yeah. We also know that the prototypes were more mechanical, far more mechanical. I mean, if you look at, at Robert as a young boy, Yeah, yeah, true. That that prototype is very mechanical. But Mave is not one of those tro- prototypes because she got a
1: staff infection.
0: Right, right. But okay. but you look at the the schematics we did see. Robert, Dolores, okay. so, yeah, Bernard, right. or, or right. Arnold, whatever. Uh, those may in fact be more prototypical sure. forms.
1: But then again, there's also a lot of like fucked up things about our joints. That if you were like if you were des- if you're going to redesign a human, like mm-hmm. our knee. Our, our, our backs are a nightmare of of engineering and compromises. Like, our sure. knees are, yeah. like, really fucking shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be constructed a, a lot a lot better. Um, and I guess if you were, like, to, the, to clean slate the human design, why not fix some of that stuff? Sure. Like, you want Mr. Abernathy throwing his back out when he's trying to show someone how to rope a horse? That's not cool. <laughs> Maybe it's realistic, though. Oh,
0: my
2: back! <laughs> uh... I guess
1: the question's here, Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> Only thirty-five years old, but my back is destroyed. <laughs> uh, which probably you're Put right. Me on probably the house. I like, get yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. It's but, real money now. Uh... <laughs> but I don't know. Like I feel like that it's hasty to say that you're not supposed to pay attention to details and there's plot holes because it could just be the one thing I'm I'm not certain about what Nolan's doing is he seems to be content to have things seemingly be contradictions that he then backfills later. Right. And that seems to be a way to tell a story that is designed to like piss people off. Cuz yeah. you're you're fooling them on multiple levels. Not only are you you twisting things, but you're 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 subverting your your expectations and you're lying to them and um I mean I kind of think it's cool. But I can see a lot of people like, "No, nah, fuck this. This is this is dumb. I'm being manipulated."
0: Yeah, I have a real sort of conundrum here because I feel like in some ways this this mystery and this tricky storytelling gets in the way of maybe some of the bigger questions, the bigger thoughts that this show might have uh-huh. and encourages you to, you know, latch on to these tiny little details and try and figure out the twist instead of latching on to the ideas of the show. Um, and, and yet I look at a show like Mr. Robot, right. which is more about ideas and less about those sorts of things plot and characters. right plot characters all uh-huh. especially characters uh-huh. and I don't like that show mm-hmm. so I don't know if I want a show that is purely that I it, but I don't want a show that is purely mystery either mm. and so I like I feel for you a little bit when you say that oh this is this just doesn't feel right to you and you might be out but uh, honestly it has enough of everything that I like in a show that I'm. I'm not out. Obviously, I'm not out, and I'm still enjoying it.
1: Well, the other thing is, like, it might be wise to – because you said you're right. There are some big, big concepts that this show is playing yeah. with, but it might be. And
0: I feel like the discussion around it has not been around those ideas. You're right. It's, it's not all about, about what the it mystery. Is. Yeah, yeah. That that has become the internet conversation, and that's not what this show. In my opinion, needs to
1: be, but maybe with a five-year arc, they're actually slow burning these big questions in a way that we can't immediately see. They're maybe going to be, they're going to suck more people in because right, pull them it's, in it's, and then hit them with it's the a slow knife that that, that 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 works its way between your armor. But I
0: feel like so many of those questions have already been asked, right? Like yeah. we're in the process of asking those questions. It's not like none of that's in there, and they're just trying to draw in viewers so they can yeah, switch a room. Yeah. They're doing right. all that, and it's being ignored.
1: So that could be, but it also could even be, by us, it could also be part of a three-step reveal that you are like. Yes, you definitely raise these questions, but then you kind of let them, you know, sink beneath the surface of the story, and then they're going to surface in surprising ways later on. Okay, Maybe. like I, yeah. I mean, and the other thing is like, yeah, we haven't talked about this because I, I, I don't know. Like, I would love to talk about like what it means. Like, is Bernard human? But I don't know that it, it seems like it's, it's premature. Because like I'm I'm ready to give him grant him full humanity and but you you know I know in our, our pre podcast talk uh, that you really balked pretty hard at that like well
0: well know. some of them I do some of them I don't like Dolores I would say is basically human why because she seems to have free will she's on her own trajectory here and she has a human form essentially I mean yeah there are some slight modifications but I
1: just still like I, I, the question of like what's the difference between Bernard and any other or, or what the difference why. Dolores is not changed as a person. She's just no longer deluded. She's no longer having her memories wiped every day. Like, if I deluded you and wiped your memories every day, you'd probably act like a fucking robot.
0: Right, but I wonder, like, if if Ford goes up to Maeve and mm. tries this mind control thing that he tried on, that he that worked on Bernard,
1: what happens? I don't know. Does, he does have it a work? Super, does he have a super user access that could just wipe right. away? I mean, we know someone powerful has already been manipulating her. Bef- even before she, because remember that was one thing that Sylvester said. He's like, "Oh shit, someone with more access than us oh, have been yeah, already yeah. jacking with their stats." Right? Is that the board? Is that? It's a good question. Yeah, is I it Arnold? Know. Um. Anyway, moving on. Brian M said, "When listening to your adversary recap podcast, I started thinking about the discussion about how silly it was to find a maze image inside Kitty's scalp or Kissy's scalp when viewers and characters are allowed to see the same maze image repeatedly all over the park." It dawned on me that we assume that the maze image is some sort of literal clue or at least a symbol of the maze itself. This is natural because the image is, well, a maze. And what if this image has no direct correlation to the maze at all? Or he says, but what if rather, um, my theory is that the image is a symbol that represents Arnold, like a personal brand. Maybe it was the original logo for their company. Maybe it's his family crest. Obviously I have no evidence of this theory other than it would make two scenes in Westworld make more sense. One the maze image hidden on a host scalp that no one can easily find, yet the image is in other, more obvious places, implying it's not exactly a hidden Easter egg type thing. Two, Ford freaks out when he sees the image carved on the table, then confirms the image in what we presume to be Arnold's old notebook. It's because he's retelling the Arnold influence... Oh, it's because he's realizing that Arnold's influence is still around, which is later confirmed when the host child kills its uh, the host dog. What do you think about this idea, that this isn't a clue so much as it's like Arnold's personal signature on the things that he himself created. Hmm. Does that make more or less sense to you? Because it does neatly explain why the further you get into, or the closer you get to Arnold's game, the more you see his handiwork everywhere. And it also explains why, I guess, Anthony Hopkins was kind of wigged out by it. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, we've thrown around the idea of this just being sort of a religious symbol for some of the people in the park some of the bots in the park that those. also
1: is a pretty good explanation yeah
0: right and you know it's just kind of stamped everywhere but that doesn't explain necessarily why it would be under kissy's scalp True uh, i think this is a more a uh, slightly more elegant explanation that yeah. it is you know arnold's personal stamp it makes me wonder like about ford's family and this is actually interesting i hadn't even considered it but would Ford's family have that under their scalp? That's what I was if you, wondering. If you too. scalp little Robert, sure. Uh, also, what is this? What is this laboratory? What is this diagnostic center? Because you see the prototype for Robert there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Ford has told us that Robert was a gift from Arnold. Yeah, and the last things in the park that he created. So. Is, is this at one time Arnold's lab? Is this where Arnold did all his work to make these bots right. sentient? Right, which one does that hosts? tell us that,
1: that Dr. Ford is shacking up there? I mean, those right. definitely are things I think we're supposed to wonder about.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard discussion also, on that
1: yet. And also, increasingly, it turns out that um, Dr. Ford is either lying or ascribing a lot of things that we would think of as Arnold considerations to himself which you know that's you know that's something we've we've thought about too in the podcast pr- prior is is Dr. Ford evolving towards his former partner's point of view is he well, I was still go, in opposition of it? like it Right right
0: and and I've you know I've touched on that topic maybe Ford has come around to Arnold's ideas right. in the ensuing years since his death right. but the other option is you know as we discussed previously briefly Ford is Arnold um, and if Ford is in fact Arnold, this idea that Arnold gave him these gifts of a family, he could be just talking about himself. And these are precious to him because they're the last things that he created directly. Right. Whereas everything else is now created in the the tech centers, right? Dipped and and right. dried and extruded, and these are his creations. Plato Fun Factory. Yeah.
1: Uh, Michael B. has another interesting idea for this maze. says, you guys mentioned in your last podcast the maze is becoming less metaphysical and more blatantly an aspect of the park's narrative. I want to throw in an idea that Ford is deliberately making it a part of his new narrative to throw off the man in black. In the (laughs) last episode, right after Ford sees the maze on the table, he immediately looks at a picture of the maze and what we think of. Is uh, of as Arnold's journal immediately after that maze. The Man in Black is interviewing Teddy about the myth of the maze. What I can see happening is Ford developing developing a separate backstory for the maze to suggest to the Man in Black that it's just another typical narrative and not something deeper. Uh, what do you guys think? Am I reaching? I want to see your theory and raise it one, Michael B. No, and that if you were concerned about a pure signal getting information out, one of the easiest things to do would be to make a lot introduce noise into that signal. Okay So if you are becoming aware that people are following some breadcrumbs from your former partner slash first AI Frankenstein monster that you don't want followed, one of the easiest things to do is just jack just maze everywhere. Oh, you're following the maze. Well, here's a false maze, and here's a false maze, and here's a false entry, and here's a three snakes laying 12 eggs and and five blood red arroyos. and what are you going? I mean, he is constructing a new blood red arroyo. Right. Even though we know that that exists already in the park, like that does feel like someone throwing someone off the scent. Maybe he doesn't want people to follow to follow this.
0: Well, I mean, and maybe that's also... why he
1: was so smug with the man in black like, "Oh, far be it for me to get in your way." Like I tried to talk you out of it, but now I know you're not going to be able to find it because I've I've hoard up the whole concept of maze. I don't know. Right.
0: Let me throw out another option. Is it possible he's trying to help that along by recreating a blood red arroyo that was destroyed?
1: Yeah, you could could do it the opposite way. Right. You could have a bunch of false grails or you could have a whole bunch of paths that you manufacture that lead you to the true one.
0: Right. Because the more I think about this, you know, if, if let's go with the William equals man in black theory. Right. Once again, we know the data is now coming out of the park. If William is, in fact, a board member, which he might be marrying into that family at that point. Right. Uh, He could very well be the man in black who has seen this new information and decided, now I have an in. Now I can finally understand what Ford is doing here. Let's go back.
1: Yeah, and it's a good point because I remember when he first – when Dr. Ford first announced the board members already here, we thought, oh, that could be the man in black. Then they introduced Hale. Right. It could be that we were right the first time and Hale is a misdirection. I mean, certainly she's a representative of the board, but that doesn't mean that The Man in Black wasn't the first one.
0: Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, there could be more than one, certainly.
1: Uh, Colin B. has an interesting note that I thought I'd pass along. One more case where the writers show us some respect. Um, Elsie says, if I were an evil genius, where would I hide this repeater? She then pries up the trap door on the stage and finds it. Unstated is in theater. The space below the stage is called hell. <laughs> I love that they didn't need to spell this out. Well, they huh. might have, because if it wasn't for you, I would never yeah. have known that. But I thought that was interesting, that I guess that's the term. I don't know what they call the the place where the lights hang. Do they call that heaven? Yeah, probably. Got it. It's, yeah. you know, they're going to be consistent.
0: And the stage is limbo. <laughs> stage is purgatory. Yep. And all
1: um. life is a stage, so all life is limbo. Cracked code. <laughs> uh, but that was interesting. Thanks for passing along. Sean McKay. Uh says, I was watching an earlier episode when something about Maeve's New World speech got me thinking. She claims to have heard a voice telling her that she was in a new world and that in this world you can be whatever the fuck you want to be. Now the parallels with her actively changing her personality are cool, but is this idea of hearing a voice support for her being a legacy-type Arnold bicameral mind-era host? I think it might explain why she's susceptible to the awakening like Dolores is. So, yeah, I mean, we've
0: talked about this, right?
1: Yeah, there's two types of hosts. Ones that are the new type that don't have the bicameral receptors built into them, and some that are the old. Um, can the do you think at some subconscious level the old types can tell each other apart? Is that why Dolores whispered the violent delights in in violent ends?
0: So, I have a problem with this. Okay, this whole idea. We know Dolores has died, right?
1: Dolores is what has died multiple times, sure. So How would they managed. not
0: know she's a first gen when they go to operate on her and fix her up?
1: How would who not know?
0: Felix, Sylvester. Why? I mean, they all claim that she's been repaired so many times. She's been upgraded. She's indistinguishable from the new
1: bots. Well, that last bit is, a, is something you put into their, 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 their mouths. I don't think that's exactly what they said. But that's a fair question. If she's been upgraded to where she's Why would they not be human, like, hey,
0: this needs to be pulled out of rotation? She's... A prototype is
1: the bike is the bicameral mind a hardware component or a software component? I guess that's what you got to ask. Sure, because Maeve absolutely is the current gen flesh and blood, but right. yet she, I, I think uh, Sean's onto something about hearing voices. a voice like that could literally be her hearing her being reprogrammed from the housewife on the prairie mm-hmm. to the head whore master of you know Sunshine's Park or whatever the fuck this place is called. What is the town called? Sweetwater. Sweetwater, yeah. Head, head whore of Sweetwater. Um, I don't know. Pretty interesting. Because I, I guess I, I would have to interpret that as a software thing, not a... Like, they don't literally have a bicameral antenna sticking out of their ass. Right. It's it's more of a software thing. But
0: they also state that the bicameral stuff was the old bots. As a developer... And I think the reveries are the new bicameral mind, right? This is Ford's version of the bicameral mind. Hmm. Uh, or, or, you know, his...
1: Why is he doing that? Like it's, it's, that's to thing. say it's the
0: bicameral mind is to no, no. I know you completely mean. fail it's, on what the bicameral mind is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's his attempt it's the evolution to achieve past. consciousness. Right, right. In the same way that Arnold was never able to put together
1: that pyramid. See, if if he's which, doing that, that makes him more like a Schindler type. He's he's trying to right, by I, any means necessary for make his uh robotic creation conscious which is something he says he doesn't want to do in this episode i a i cognitive dissonance firing for me with his plot
0: yeah i mean what he's saying and
1: what he's doing i think are two very different things yeah and is that i, I gotta think that's intentional and it's not shitty writing at this point
0: yeah yeah All i right. agree anyway i think he's gung-ho about creating this consciousness <sighs> but why
1: I don't know. Everything he says makes it seem like it's a super bad idea, and yet he continues yet, to go through with it. And, and yet he, yet
0: he introduced continues. the reveries. I mean, yeah,
1: no, he is the guy that's, doing all this. That's starting without
0: that's, a without a doubt.
1: Scott V says, "I think you missed a topic of discussion from the the adversary episode when Laurel and Hardy go in the maze settings to change them. The one guy says someone's already been changing her settings. Specifically, he says they changed her paranoia and self preservation levels. This set off a red flag for me right away." I like the debate of whether the host can become sentient. The show seems to be telling us that they can. I believe this is some evidence that they cannot. If you ramp up any host paranoia and self-preservation levels, would they all act this way? Could they all teach themselves to wake up when being repaired? Someone messed with their programming, and the voices they are hearing are coming from a person through the bicameral mind setup.
0: At hmm. least according
1: to Elsie. So, doesn't that mean that all hosts are reacting to human intervention in their programming? I'm less convinced the hosts sentience now. I mean... The host who escorted William into the park seemed to be aware that she was to be a sex spot for him and what the nature of the park was. This doesn't mean that she's sentient. Just programmed to know those things. Right. Just knowing you're a machine doesn't make you self-aware, even if you think you are. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, that's one of the central conceits of the show, right? Now – I mean, I think there's an obvious line here. It's the reveries. But here's the thing. From episode – Two? Here's what might be a way to bridge our cognitive dissonance here. Dr. Ford says in this episode he just wants to tell us stories. And we know that he, if we go with with the things he stated, he's interested in making the robots all the time appear more realistic, even though they are not. Mm -hmm. So he writes a reverie code to do that. Some things that Bernard and Elsie were talking about last episode made it seem like... This rogue programming is interacting with the reveries in ways that maybe Dr. Ford didn't expect. So the reverie only, okay. o- only in combination with the Arnold Code. Now, I guess you'd have to posit that, Arnold, that, that Dr. Ford wouldn't be aware of that interaction. Right. Even when it's brought to his attention. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he is, and he's trying to fix it now with a new storyline. I, I fucking don't know. But I can't wait to find out. That's fair. I mean, just
0: because he introduces reveries doesn't necessarily mean he's trying to create sentience in these bots. But to
1: answer Scott's question, I don't think that if you d- jack a robot's um, bulk perception and paranoia levels to max, that they become conscious. I think it's an emergent property of other things. It's like without the reveries, so they can reiterate and learn from their past mistakes. And it's all
0: about improvisation. Yes, um, it's it's-, a- it's all about. Yeah, going off your program tracks.
1: The improvisation is the random mutation. Which is what I, I short use the shorthand of free will for right. in the show. The improvisation is the, is essentially a random mutation. The reveries is a way to store genetic information right. and those two processes make evolution possible. Yeah. Which is what created our consciousness. Um and,
0: Bernard is aware of this. Yeah. Bernard understands what's happening here. How could Ford not? Is is I guess my question has he has he not examined it closely? Hubris, like, hubris. Like he's I'm, just blind to it by I his own
1: perceptions. Could be like I I dealt with the Arnold pro- uh, problem a long time ago, and he's not troubling us. And I mean that would explain why he kind of freaks out when he sees the maze because like oh shit that's yeah. and and also you know the let's let's not forget the message about the dog like that's Arnold kind of shooting a shot over his bow, and mm. I think he treated it as such, so. Uh, Hannah says the scene the, – this is interesting because she sent this email like 20 minutes into the run of the episode uh, because she's like it, – it's almost adorable. Like, could this be evidence that Bernard is a host? <laughs> uh, but she says the music in the opening scene of this week's episode while Bernard is dreaming about his son immediately struck me. It's a piece called Reverie by Debussy. I think is I how you pronounce her G- name? Gary Busey. Uh, which she only knows because it was her senior recital piece. I thought that was just a nice touch that – these fucking guys yeah. are having to rever like like. There's so much information about and hints that Bernard's a host right up until the reveal. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was great, and also uh, I wonder what Hannah thought at the end of the episode. Um, Clayton R. Was it just me, or was it the big reveal of this week's episode poorly executed? Another I didn't think so. Another here that, that. But this is what. Okay. This is what I think is interesting as a taste, and I'm not picking on you, Clayton, because you had mm-hmm. plenty of company in my email uh, bag. First, you have Bernard explaining to Teresa that the host couldn't see the cottage even if they were looking at it due to the programming. Then, not 30 seconds later, Teresa says, what's behind this door? Bernard replies, what door? And a goddamn spooky sound effect plays. (laughs) Everyone watching this immediately should deduce that Bernard is a Bernard bot. What's lame Uh... is that this little exchange undermines the actual reveal in the next scene. Granted, a lot of us saw the twist coming, but still, it wouldn't wouldn't have been more enjoyable to experience... Um, having skipped the B bots reply and let the next scene do all the heavy lifting,
0: maybe I'm daft. Yeah. Maybe I'm slow. Maybe I'm a dumbass. But to me, that introduced the kernel of the idea that Bernard could be a bot. It didn't cement it, right? Because like that, what door? He's facing away from the door. He doesn't right. see the door. That's exactly what because my he's looking away. Right. So the kernel of the, but but it does make you start to think. Why did he say what door? Right. Surely he noticed this walking in and then we go immediately downstairs to the the prototype plans right. to and then we find out okay yeah
1: it reminds me because like I remember we did not too long ago a Lost podcast that was commissioned by the community. Right. And it turned into a shit show because it turns out I don't really like Lost. Mm-hmm. You're ambivalent. You hated we had, Charlie. <laughs> we had a whole – and it, I want to get to that point. We had a whole bunch of pro Lost fans commissioning something and paying good money, and we they didn't get a optimum result out of it, right? Yeah. And one of the ladies on the forums said, your problem with Charlie is that he's a bitch eating crackers. And she explained, like, I guess there's, like, this some email thing where it's like – like like someone in your work, like next cubicle, is eating crackers and it drives you crazy, and that person becomes the bitch eating crackers. She's Can't not a hit- bad person. She's doing something that's relatively normal, uh-huh. and she probably doesn't know she's driving you crazy, but because she's eating crackers, she's become the bitch eating crackers eating her – Crackers in the cubicle like the bitch she is. And that's how, like, Charlie, like, Charlie rubbed me wrong in the first few episodes, and I didn't like his face. No. I didn't like his being a heroin addict, and he just became the bitch-eating crackers. Didn't like his songs. I feel like this door has become the bitch-eating crackers for you, Clayton. Yeah. Like, like you don't like the Bernard as a host theory. You never did. And now everything is just obvious and dumb and stupid because, I, you know. Right,
0: because you were disappointed that the theory you didn't like came true
1: or just you didn't it didn't it didn't strike you or you don't think it's great you like like Jim says it's not your type of storytelling so now yeah. instead of that you you're now saying that's a universal thing amongst everyone that it's self-evident that this And it certainly was not. Right. <laughs> right. At least like yeah I, from your I, perspective I get it. And, and and you're more in tune to his perspective than most and yet you're saying like I don't think the door was particularly handled badly. No, I thought like I said I thought it was executed well. Now, it's just if they left it at that and not had the reveal right i think that would have been a more interesting discussion because that's where they've
0: they've been doing that right they've been doing that with uh ford coming out of nowhere in the corners um they they have laid these breadcrumbs and so now was the time to
1: finally say this is a thing right and i think the 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 bitch eating crackers phenomenon can most uh be (laughs) expressed in the postscript he attached Why the hell is Teresa even asking what's behind a door, like there's something inherently suspicious about doors in general? Every house has doors. My house has several doors. It'd have been great if she'd opened it up and it just was a closet. Did she then go to every other door in the cottage and ask what's behind it before proceeding? Sloppy.
0: Like, man,
1: that's pretty, that's... You gotta
0: explore the space! Yeah, like, I... I, I go into a house and I go, like... House shopping, I'm looking behind every fucking door. It's so
1: funny, is because just what's last night- What's behind this door? I this, this is so funny, I read this this morning, and just last night I went to look at a house with my fiancé, and I said that exact same thing. <laughs> what's I was in the basement, what's behind this door? Right. It wasn't, I was just- Oh, it's a toilet. Oh, right. it's a closet. Fine, but in right. this world, something weird's behind it's that door. It's almost like, I feel like um, Clayton here presupposed that she must know, Like like- like like Teresa herself knew was clued in on the Bernard as a host theory or had some reason to be on high alert instead of just being a person saying hey what's behind this door it's almost it's like a closed... someone
0: who sees a, a flashlight with three separate lights
1: and says why the fuck did they yeah. have three separate lights why is that a future thing man <laughs> why is that supposed to read as a future high end flashlight right <sighs> kind of like What that. You do? that that flashlight's my bitch eating crackers uh David C says now that we know that some of the is staff by host at least Bernard um and he thinks that there's hints at the two techs that work on Maver also hosts uh um, Sylvester perhaps and maybe Felix? the new board member is also host I yeah I don't know that seems a reach but you know we're in a post everyone's a host world now so Yeah what is there any
0: like reason he thinks that or just assertion that, that they might be hosts <laughs> There's cuz everyone might be a host at this true. point
1: That's true uh, Ford writes narratives There's no reason to think that these Delos hosts Are just going about their day-to-day business protect, uh, And protecting him The Delos intrigue itself could be part of his Newest storyline, taking part Partially in Westworld and partially in the corporation Around it, so who is the guest That's supposed to be entertained It could be the man in black If the two time periods, man in black equals William theory Is true, he probably already became self-actualized In a Westworld storyline 30 years ago that change made him famous and powerful in the real world. To develop his character further would require a storyline that is significantly deeper than what Westworld has to offer. He's the only guest that we've seen that would benefit from a game that includes Delos. There may even be a Charlie and Chocolate Factory angle where where Ford's grooming him as a replacement. Now, some of this email is crazy town, but there's some stuff that specifically I liked about it. Um, this idea... That there's a narrative within a narrative Like you're almost putting the man in black As like a Truman in the Truman show Like he doesn't know he's part of a game show And he's part of the biggest and best game show Of all times mm-hmm. um, There's also something That like If if the man in black is the most powerful And important member on the board That he has to convince if Dr. Ford Can, can prove to him the worth of Westworld By Because I, I, some of this stuff reminded me of like a wrestling plot where not only you have the obviously fake stories which are the guys that are wrestling you also have you know Vince McMahon having fake corporate beefs and his daughters marrying wrestlers and they're having divorces and there's power struggles and he's getting choke slammed by Donald Trump which is a thing that actually happened like like there's multiple levels of storytelling to keep the casual fans invested like you know 8-year-old boys are all about John Cena right the 30-year-old men watching it are all about the story behind the story okay is this Narrative involving drama and Machiavellian shit on, as, as a part of Delos, custom designed to give the Man in Black like the the fucking story of a lifetime. I guess that's what I liked about this. Like it's like next level crazy, like really far reaching kind of insanity that might be true. Right. Something that that breaks the wall between
0: the park and reality. Yes. Ah. Uh, uh. Oh, it's
1: interesting. Because I don't know. I mean, really have to just wait and see on like, this. Like sort Lee of thing. is such a crazy guy, and he's not like it, it's not a stretch to say that he's actually some kind of host that is providing one of these, like some of these experiences. I don't know. I don't know what no. to make of it, but I thought it was interesting. Okay. Um, Eric D said, "Do you think Ford would create a host version of Teresa?" Sure, um,
0: absolutely. I think he is doing that. He's in the process of it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I put this email just because I want to have a debate if we hadn't done it already about who the body that's being constructed. Now, you said, you know, Nolan mentioned that uh, that 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 is not – that's that's a false – that's a red herring. That's just there to be creepy. Yeah. However, um, a lot of people did analysis on the scene where Teresa was shown, that, like, her reflection is, like, coming and going, and it's mapped over the skeleton and, like, uh, all the things that have so far been significant when they've done it. Makes me think that Jonathan Nolan is liar, liar, pants on fire. He is. Yeah. It's Teresa. It's Teresa for sure? Yeah. All right. For sure. I I thought it was Elsie, but yeah, Teresa makes sense too.
0: I think he has to do this in this moment because Bernard is actually fired. Yeah. I mean, the board fired him. Right. There's nothing he can really do. I mean, he could pull his Ford card, I guess, and say, I have 35 years in this, and I've got all the data, and you can't fire Bernard. But it's so much easier to just kill Teresa
1: and make a double of her. But he doesn't need Bernard to do that. He could go to Ber- Teresa and say, I want to show you something that's going to explain why I'm doing this new narrative. Lure her down into his chamber of horrors and have any one of his robotic family kill her. Right. Like, he doesn't need Bernard, so, like. Sure,
0: yeah. But she trusts Bernard. She's going to go along with this. Uh, yeah. If Bernard comes to her and says, Ford is up to something, I, I guess to show easy- you. Yeah,
1: I guess that's easier. She's, he's the Judas Steer in that situation. Yeah, it works. Uh, all right, Joe M from Philly said a few weeks back, I mentioned to you guys that I can no longer get hung up on all the twist possibilities because it gives me a headache. Yeah. I chose to sit back and enjoy the show while enjoying the conjecture. Now that we have one of our suspicions confirmed and Bernard truly being a host, I'm happy to see how the show has revealed it. Uh, I threw this in as, like, one of the, you know, former doubters It's more of pro on the storyline. Mm-hmm. It wasn't presented as a gotcha moment. It wasn't a simple reveal, but a game changer in how the reveal to us was also a fatal reveal to Teresa and all the repercussions that it will have going forward. It changes our perception and advances the story. Many questions come up, one of which will Bernard remember this and how it will affect him in the future. I was late to the Game of Thrones ba- bandwagon, but try as I might, many of their pivotal moments were known to me before I watched the episode. Yeah. Uh, And he lists a whole bunch of spoilers. I won't just in case there's people still not on the bandwagon. Westworld Mm. did last night what Game of Thrones is a master of. It's not just a reveal or the twist, but how they tell the story and how they frame it. Just as it did for all those Game of Thrones episodes. You can watch that episode last night knowing what will happen and still go wow when it happens. And that is a sign of quality storytelling. I agree. And that's something I've been saying on Bald Move for a while that – Spoilers are more damaging to material that is shitty to begin with. Sure. I agree with that. Yeah. Like I I think one of the best television shows of all time is The Wire. And because I was a fan of Bill Simmons who frequently sprinkled pop culture references throughout his column, I had all of the big moments of The Wire spoiled for me. And if you know if you've seen The Wire, you know that. If not, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I still love the shit out of the wire because even how you got to those moments was just as important as the moments themselves or other shows like the walking dead are more about the moments themselves. And if those are spoiled, then you really see the artificiality of, of how you got there. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I totally agree with that. And I definitely didn't think that last night was a lame reveal. And, and you're also, yeah, you like jaw dropping reveals, are only interesting when they reveal something new. And maybe that's the problem with Mr. Robot's institutional reveal this, this year is that it didn't really change your understanding of him or the situation he was in. Right.
0: It was just a reveal for the reveal's sake. Whereas this revealed
1: audience. like this was a game changer for Bernard. It killed off yeah. a major character. There was a lot of weight and, and that, that, that supported this big moment. Right. And it was something, yeah, like you said, the, the characters themselves didn't know it.
0: The only one who knew it in this situation was Ford.
1: Right. Uh, Dr. Coleman, in Trompe l'oeil, the subject is usually breaking out of a 2D dimensional art by interacting with the art's frame. On closer examination, the frame or the wall that is part of the art is itself fake. I think this actually refers to Maeve and not Bernard. Maeve is the host who seems to be breaking out of Westworld by interacting with the Delos employees, but Delos is staffed by at least two hosts. Does the title imply that Delos is actually part of the artwork? Uh, not the true frame around it, if the hosts are in delos does ford 's new narrative extend out of Westworld and into the corporation okay, and is there any guest who would grow from that experience other than the man in black um Those are all questions I think dovetailed with what um you know David was saying before as well, and also right. I like the idea that um Maeve is kind of like a red herring of a character. She's the – th- what you you think of her as someone that's truly achieving consciousness, and maybe she's the fake version of that? Because hmm. isn't that what a Trump lawyer is? It's something that's not real, that's masquerading as something that's real? I mean, I, that's literally what Bernard is, too. Right, right. That's where I'm – But if he's a conscious being, going. then he's not actually artificial. He is a genuine article – of a non human intelligence, that's where shit gets confusing for me. Like, how do you even talk about stuff like that? Right. Um, saying he's just a robot is like, okay, fine. Um, history's replete with humanity saying, coming up with all kinds of reasons that they can abuse other sentient creatures because it's convenient and they back their way into a bunch of rationalizations for why it's okay. Uh, Alex G um, wants to talk about Bernard. Um, and how he's really host many people called this. I feel like there must be a giveaway as to what it is and is not a host. It doesn't look anything to like anything to me is a good start. Is there any other ticks of Bernard's or the host that have been shown by human character? It's how far down on your nose do you wear your glasses?
0: <laughs> Cuz if, if they're sma- if they're mushing your nostrils into your face, yeah. you're definitely a host because anyone, you don't need to
1: breathe. Anyone with reading glasses is a host. That's <laughs> right. that's just a fact. If
0: you wear regular glasses like bifocals,
1: you're a host. Um so I think that you got to be really careful to see how dr ford interacts with people because now yeah. it i think it's it's, it's actually the, the jig is up if anyone if he starts repetitive weird open-ended phrases to people with a twinkle in his eye then you know he's talking to a host right you just do so i don't know any other ticks that he's got because the one thing that's annoying about bernard is that conversation with his wife as you said was not in like a dream or a, right. a reverie or anything like that It just was presented as something that's happening Contemporaneously with them mm-hmm. But then again if there's like the two um, Parallel storyline Kind of thing going on that could I don't know And it was nice
0: also story. ambiguous enough that she may have been talking to She may have known she was talking to a, a host
1: Is it possible that that's Like something that he has Bernard do Periodically as a Test for self awareness Could be you know, like how if you got a robot that thinks it's a uh, human, you can't very well go and show him a picture of a bullet train and be like, hey, anything about this? Because so you'd have to do maybe she's an actress or another host program to just make sure that he's still buying his situation. And he checks in once too. a month. Yeah. And Dr. Ford's like, yep, Bernard's still swallowing the bullshit. Hmm. Uh, Two, anything that happens when the host is nearby can be known by Ford. This is actually great storytelling, in my opinion. Elsie set the precedent while blackmailing the text earlier. I think it's believable that hungry and ambitious people like Teresa and the boardwoman would fail to appreciate the technical details of the hosts. Will this be his true undoing? Bernard had plenty of time to study Teresa's mannerisms personally and professionally. In one of the first episodes, he comments on specific details of her facial expression and emotions. Is it possible we'll see Ford kill someone unexpectedly but not know enough detail to be able to convincingly create a duplicate? And do we know anyone who doesn't work at the park, isn't a regular guest, but could be killed by hosts accidentally or maybe stumble onto Ford's plot? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Like Some of this is like just trying to read the future. Um, right. Yes, it's possible. And I guess that's... I would say that he probably did that with Teresa. Like, I don't think that he can build a convincing Teresa replica.
0: Yeah, it's tough to know. I mean, Bernard was pretty intimate with Teresa, so maybe he's gathered enough data did, have through they Bernard established that
1: she has no family. I don't know. Huh? I couldn't tell you. I I, I, I want to say that maybe they, when Bernard is talking about his kids, it established that she has no children and she's, you know, it doesn't seem like she's married. I wonder if that's like you'll later find out that she just doesn't have anybody that would be that intimate with her, that they would know her from a simulation.
0: Maybe that's part of the hiring procedure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Make sure you're disposable. Yeah. <laughs> um, three, Ford is meant to be seen as evil. Straight up murdering someone is a great place to start, uh, or a great start to that. I think the question we're supposed to be asking is if he killed Arnold. Um, I think we discussed most of the questions he, he, they brought up in this that part of the email. Uh, also, Ford can create hosts that kill. Drowned is in mm-hmm. uh, the reveal is that Ford created Bernard and Dolores this way. It's such a big part of the pilot with the fly. The schematic of Dolores being with newly murderous Bernard seems particularly suspicious to me. Mm. Throw in the young Robert. Like, all of these blueprinted right. robots are shown to be able to kill. That's true. Although, the dog was probably a robot, Yeah. It was, yeah. Okay, so not necessarily him, but sure. But Bernard and Dolores have that capability. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um. So there's a very this this next follows. There's a very slight spoiler section that talks about things that Nolan Jonathan Nolan has talked about in an Entertainment Weekly interview. And this is the last thing we're going to consider. If you don't want to get any spoilers, then turn it off now. But it's something I want to talk about, and something I'm honestly kind of annoyed with. So no boy, no, we're not going to have an official. It's not going to be music. Something. It's just something I want to talk about. So if you don't want to hear insights into the next few episodes that Jonathan Nolan has decided to give The Entertainment Weekly in an interview, then switch off now. Great. Okay. Um, someone sent in some this some some stuff from this Entertainment Weekly interview where Jonathan Nolan implies that I kind of locked up and said that doesn't seem well, hear, sound like anything at all when you ask me about the guy's evidence that he has that these two techs are uh, technicians. Because I, I cut out all the evidence because it's all from Jonathan Nolan speculating that, or not speculating, saying that you're going to find out that those two guys are hosts and that has to do with why Maeve is able to have this upper hand on them. Wait, he says that? yes. So and my master, question to you is why? What the fuck is Jonathan Nolan doing? Giving what I would consider obvious spoilers in 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 an interview. Also, you mentioned him coming out and saying that body that's being manufactured—it's it's nobody. That's a red herring. Why is he doing these things? Like, is he I following It seems like a lot of showrunners fall into this trap of having to explain their shit.
0: Yeah, just don't say in the anything. middle.
1: In the middle of it being in airing, and I think I, I think sometimes like they don't even know which episodes are coming out and what's aired, and like it's not always shot in order. And like I just feel like that uh, that really bummed me out knowing both of those things because that's something that's certainly not in the show. Well, I mean, so is he lying to us about that? Could be,
0: because I certainly think he's lying about the Teresa thing. Could be, but
1: but he, if, if he's not, let's talk about that too, because okay. You and I have been saying that it makes no real logical sense that Maeve has this hold on these technicians. Sure. Is it smart to put these logical conundrums and then resolve them several episodes later by revealing that, oh, these guys were hosts and they're programmed to follow managerial type hosts and she happens to be a man? It all feels a little like retconning, which never quite satisfies me but but retconning is weird because retconning is something you do when you fuck up i know it's at like oh it's almost an admission of guilt yeah i forgot in season one that we did this thing and in season two we did that so season three we have to retcon it it's weird to retcon something that's actively being told because if you realize it's a mistake and you have to retcon it in a later episode then just fix it
0: yeah i well (laughs) i mean see the editing booth like
1: oh god i fucked up like that's weird
0: Right, no, I'm I'm specifically telling that talking about this as if it were intentional, right? Like they're using this misdirection, using these ideas to fool us, and then saying, "Aha, we gotcha," uh, that sort of thing. That feels to me cheap. Like I right. said, and and that's you know part of uh, that. That's pretty much the entirety of the dissatisfaction I had with the Bernard reveal. Which uh, let me say is minimal. Mm-hmm. I think you know by and large it was good but the the hint of dissatisfaction i did get was from that feeling where i felt like they were just playing with me for their own amusement right and it didn't actually give me any insight into this story that i couldn't have gotten in some other way that would have been that would have clued me in as a viewer and made me feel more satisfied Mm -hmm. in knowing in understanding the situation
1: Right. It's just interesting because like something that Cecil and I talk a lot about on the American Horror Story podcast is like Ryan Murphy has this weird kind of gossipy relationship with his fans hmm. where he says he tweets out fucking just straight up spoilers about <laughs> wait till you see when fucking Lady Gaga takes her pants off in the next episode. Like <laughs> like he, he, he's he got that kind of like weird informal conspiratorial relationship and Cecil and I, like I wish he just shut the fuck up because like. Yeah. I would love to know that, like a beloved character is going to return, and just, you just just to see the joy of them coming back. If you tweeted out two weeks in advance, then what the fuck, man? And yeah. like, I would never would have considered that Jonathan Nolan would fall prey to that kind of unprofessional, chatty, Cathy, gossipy type thing with his Entertainment Weekly interview process, and like, it just, I just, it just bums me out. I, like, I
0: never think that it's a better strategy to so. Sort of misinformation
1: than it is to just stay quiet. Also, like getting the story straight. Like if if people are take if people are running with wrong information, let them do it. Like let try stop sure. trying to control the narrative. I yeah. mean, you made a creative work; it should stand on its own, right? I guess if you want to come in postseason and do some kind of analysis, we're like, oh, I was surprised yeah. that fans thought this, and it might. But to do it in the middle of the season before the information has hit the table, what right. the fuck I don't like it yeah, I'm with you um super super not on board with that Jonathan Nolan get get a get a handle on it nip yeah. it in the bud uh that's all we got for the the episode uh, and for this week we'll be back next week for the next episode just three left. Yeah, we're really
0: coming up quick. I feel like I'm on the L train to the end of this season, man. I'd say this L train has no (laughs) brakes, except for the L train had really effective brakes. It did, and I don't know why it it stopped for such a long time. I mean, isn't the thing, (laughs) isn't the scoop on the front meant to push obstructions out of the way? Yeah, like,
1: I, those barrel, those... I would not like to hit those barrels, barrels, those boulders with a car, and not at full speed with a train either. Maybe, but yeah, just keep um, keep the thing moving. The slow those down, rocks will move. Push through them. You're I thought good. The exact same thing.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: I mean, I guess they're, they're they're called cow catchers, but I'm sure they catch boulders pretty good. Oh too. Yeah. yeah, easily.
0: Can I bring up one other thing real quick for me in this? A lot of people are wondering. They, they see this room that Bernard kills Teresa in mm-hmm. this this. Fabrication diagnostic lab Not the same room Not the same room You know where I'm going with this Mm -hmm. Everybody's like This is where he interviewed Dolores This is it Not the same room It's got windows on the top In the Dolores scenes It doesn't here
1: Now I will say That now that we know the existence Of these sub-diagnostic centers Throughout strategically placed throughout the park They're hatches It makes a lot of sense that Bernard could pop up at a hatch very close to Dolores while she was with William, bring her down there for an interview, and get her back up without him. Right. In the space of her saying, I had to go pee, you know, like uh, that – yeah, you're right. You're, the, a lot of people are running that with the wrong, but I felt like that gives some of the other stuff that was previously evidence for the two-timeline theory, mm-hmm. it weakens it a bit because it's not hard to... Like, if she just has to go 100 yards, she's still fully clothed because why would you strip her naked? Right. Time is of the essence. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm real curious where they go next episode. Well, especially because- with Bernard being a host and a host is running... Human consciousness experiments on other hosts that's funny, not, it is yeah not funny, hilarious, but like all just ever since the word funny it's in an in interesting and yeah and cool uh
0: i also i want know what Bernard's role is going forward because I don't think he can operate certainly in the same capacity at delos at this facility. But maybe he'll be lurking behind the scenes. Maybe Ford will keep him in operation I don't, if somewhere. If Teresa comes
1: back as a bot and just says, "Look, on second, I, you know, we we went too hard on Bernard. We need to, you know, Bernard's in." But the, I mean, she got the board has her
0: under their. Plus, thumb. can't
1: can't Ford just say, "Look, your your fucking show was just that, and I saw right through it. Right. And you're going to be damned if if you fire my boy Bernard here." Uh, like I I feel like there's a lot of ways he could There are they but also all feel feels, a little like none of that matter. It feels like it's time for him to take his place as the man in the center of the maze. Right. And like his story to evolve beyond that.
0: Unless they're going to introduce Bernard as Arnold or Bernard as some other significant Which is player hot, in this. I think they will. Absolutely possible. Uh I just don't think he yep. can maintain the same Oh yeah, he's not going to be a high level technician anymore. Right. So I'm interested uh, to see his role going forward in this right.
1: story. But yeah, no, I think that when I say take his place as the man in maze, I'm essentially saying become Arnold. Right. Okay. So, uh, I thought you meant
0: Ford. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, either it's, one. It, it's it's uh, it's it's which side of the telescope you want to look through. I think. Right. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get a lot. I don't want to make any ultimatums, but I do feel like we're rounding into some answers about what Dalos is doing and what Ford's scheme is. And I, we have to be. I would be very satisfied and grateful if I got those answers. I want at least one of those answers. Okay. I want.
0: I want some insight into either Ford's plan or Delos' ultimate goal before the end of this season. You're demanding at least
1: one of those two answers, or you will forever stop watching the show. That's
0: absolutely what I said. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and
1: I will demand that you stop spoiling shit in Entertainment Weekly interviews. <laughs> Chris, that's Nolan. that's my demand. Christopher, yeah, Chris, yeah. Especially your fucking older brother, dude. I know. Just stealing your limelight, Jonathan. Don't stand for that. <laughs> Don't let that happen. No, man. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week. Westworld at baldmove.com for the feedback and forums at baldmove.com if you uh, want to get into the defray. All right. See you guys then. All right. See ya.